So let's move on to our character spotlight. Cool. Blue Streak quote, I have never met a Decepticon I didn't dislike. Yeah, well, all right. Description. Blue Streak often talks incessantly and insanely. Inane? In- what? Inanely. No, inanely. That's a word. Okay. Cool. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> Blue Streak often talks incessantly and inanely, lightens the situation for all Autobots with his good-natured manners. Despite formidable weaponry and blazing speed, he hates war. Haunted by memory of Decepticons destroying his home city, firebombs... What? Wait, hold on. I feel like we're back to Cliffjumper. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is... No, he wants peace. All right. That's fair, but got got some of that that memories of Decepticons destroying Home City. Like I, I can see that that under Cliff Jumper's description, fire bombs up to eight point three miles and lightning like eighty thousand volt beam up to twelve miles of limited accuracy, often inhibited by his disdain for combat. Ah, that seems anti Cliff Jumper. It is. It's true. They took this this whole memory thing uh, in two different ways. He takes those Japanese lyrics to heart. He takes that <laughs> violence and just throws it away. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing is, Blue Streak is one of the forgettable Transformers. You see him transform in front of Prowl, and they're the exact same design, except Blue Streak has a different insignia on his head. I'm like, okay. I mean, I saw this episode when I was a kid, but I have no memory of any Blue Streak existing. I don't remember his car form, his robot form, or his personality. And I saw every, like, almost every episode of I must have seen almost all the episodes of season one and two as a child. Oh, really? Wow. That's a name that I always hear, like Blue Streak. And he was in Prime as well. Nope. He wasn't in Prime? No. No. He's not been Blue in... Streak? Blue Streak. Blue Streak. Go ahead. The only thing he's been in recently has been the comics, and even that was a bit part. But the only thing I remember him from the comics is because he was referencing wanting to watch Earth TV. <laughs> okay. Like, that's it. Like, and also he does make a joke about, he's just like, oh yeah, well, you know, no one cares about me. I'm just a recolor of Prowl. And I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's weird. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like I always hear his name. He's a prominent figure. I thought he would have been used more. I mean, for each time to say that, like, he's not really going to be on the show all that much. I think the Blue Streak fans are just very loud. I mean, he's cool. He has a cool design. So maybe people really like the figure or whatever. This is how you know he's not that popular. At the TF Wiki site, every character I've looked at has had five pages of information. Blue Streak had two. (laughs) All the information from the other four pages that wasn't main page all fit on one. That's that's sad. The only time he's appeared in a cartoon is Robots in Disguise for a single episode. And apparently, uh, they repackaged his toy. They re- they packaged his toy incorrectly. So for years, people thought there was another blue streak who was actually blue because he's not blue. But his packaging on the art showed him being blue when you bought his toy. He is a mess. He is a sad little mess. He does. He does. I think have a hollow form thing in the comics as well. He's enough of a character to have his own hollow form, though. Did you? So did you? When you watched G One the first time, Sammy, did you? Do you remember Blue Streak at all? Nope. Nope. I was watching this one and I was like, Oh, hey, it's his Blue Streak. It's his first appearance. Do we see him again? What's his fate after the movie? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but. I gotta do my due diligence. For all I know, there's a Blue Streak fan over there who's excited about my format and they're like, oh man, I can finally find out what happens to him and then I just totally dissed him. So he's seen in the Transformers movie at Autobot City before the Decepticons attack 
and it completely vanishes from all of space and time. <laughs> he's not in he's not in any of the Japanese comics, the manga. We just have to assume he's one of the many bodies buried under Autobot City. Oh. <laughs> He deserved better. Maybe next time he'll, he won't be born looking exactly like somebody else. <laughs> you know, he'd get uh, a paint it, job. Like, everyone else gets to change their bodies every so often. I mean, kind of to piggyback on what you said, and <laughs> this is probably going to be twisting the knife even more. All this time, I thought Prowl was a blue streak. So I didn't even... So now oh. Prowl is just... <laughs> He's just even more nothing to me now. I thought the police car was Blue Streak, but no. Prowl is the police car. Oh, and I'm looking no. at I'm looking at Prowl. I was like, oh, I don't. Who is this? I don't know who that is. I don't like him. <laughs> he doesn't seem. Oh I, man, I hate this. I I mean, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it was an honest mistake, but now I feel bad. <laughs> they look nothing alike. They, I, I mean, I don't know that. why. I just blue streak. It just sounds like I don't know, cop to me, police to me. But no. Also, blue streak is such a nice name. Like it's such a good transformer name. It's just used on the wrong bot. Fun fact here, <laughs> but apparently, blue streak Hasbro didn't own the rights for it for a while because another company did for their toy when their rights lapsed. So all future versions of the toy were called Silver Streak before they regained the rights again. Oh, so oh, like... oh, good. Now it's even more confusing for it. Yeah, I mean. The most interesting thing about him was his name, and now they just take his name away and give him something stupid, Silver Street. I don't know. That's dumb. Uh, well, on that note, we hope we haven't crushed any any hearts of Blue Street lovers out there. <laughs> but... uh, so does anybody have any last moments before we get into our character spotlight that Sammy's going to love? Uh, what? Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to say, but now I'm curious about the spotlight. Yeah, the spotlight. This guy. <laughs> Who I is it, know. Thomas? It's Braun. <laughs> <laughs> this jerk he can't even get out of out of a, a plane properly. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's hard to be an Autobot. Uh, uh, should I just get on reading this? Uh, sure, but try to read like you care about Braun. I'll uh I'll try. So Braun is a smaller Autobot, but he's still a fighter, turns into a Jeep. His quote is might over microchips. Sure. His description to Braun, Earth is essentially a hostile environment, and he loves it. Strong, rugged, agile, the most macho What? <laughs> I couldn't even keep reading it. <laughs> The most macho of all Autobots. How? Excuse me? <laughs> he's half their size, yet he's the macho and strongest, apparently. Aww. But he's never done anything like that in the show. I feel like that's a better uh, hey. description of Ironhide or something. Hey, he or picks up literally stuff. anyone else. <laughs> Wait, you don't see him lift up stuff like iron bars in water to free his friends or things like that? What's macho about tripping over a loading dock ramp? Hey, he did not trip. He was flipped. That is spin, Mr. Politician. So he also delights in challenges. He's sorry for those not as tough as himself. Why do they keep trying to break that a thing? <laughs> oh my god. We can't get through the description. <laughs> So he's the second strongest Autobot. Oh. 
did we get the wrong d- description Does, no did you pick the wrong character shot oh my god i totally want to do that now thanks thomas <laughs> he can lift a hundred and ninety thousand pounds and knock down a small building with one punch a small oh building <laughs> i mean he's strong but let's not get crazy now yeah yeah, yeah no just Small buildings, all right. No, no uh, Eiffel Towers or anything. No skyscrapers, <laughs> just a small one, maybe about twenty stories, but that's about his max. Yeah, yeah. He has high resistance to artillery fire, so keep shooting at him, please. <laughs> Vulnerable to attack by electromagnetic waves. I'm so does that mean in this episode? So in this episode, he should have exploded, right? When Soundwave had his audio disruptor on. Probably. His fate after the movie. During the movie, the Decepticons boarded an Autobot shuttle and killed lots of your favorite Autobots. Or, uh, as you typoed that, Autoboos. Hey! Oh, I love that typo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Starscream uh. is my Autoboo. <laughs> Same. Oh, God, what have I created with my error? Autoboos. <laughs> Rodimus is my auto-boo. Uh, Deceptiboo also works, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Starscream shot Braun and killed him. Good. Thank you, Star. Doing doing God's work. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what do you guys have against Braun? I mean, I don't think he's annoying, but I don't think he's great either. He just like, doesn't need to be here. That's all. Uh, he's just as garbage as Huffer, Sean. You know it. Just say Oh, it. my God. Yeah. He is not in the same league as Huffer or Gears, okay? <laughs> that is a class all their own. Are we sure about that? Yes. Braun is at least bearable and sometimes okay. Uh-huh. It was Starscream's first cannon kill. Despite surviving more serious wounds in the TV series, this one shot to the arm kills him. Ooh, so macho. (laughs) So macho. I thought he was highly resistant to artillery fire. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, wait. It was a laser. I'm sorry. That was his weakness. Lasers. Lasers. Or was it an electromagnetic laser? There we go. There, boom. Uh, fans claim he still lives because he didn't fade to gray like the others. His name isn't on the list of dead Autobots in the memorial in a later episode, and he most likely just entered Stasis Law because he has survived worse. Uh, yeah, my headcanon <laughs> is that no, he's dead and no one cares about him. <laughs> and that's why he's never come back and this is the last sentence you're reading about him. <laughs> oh my god. So Wheeljack saw his possible death in a Japanese story, but was unable to prevent it. Braun then magically appeared alive without Wheeljack's help in a Japanese comic. The original movie script actually stated he was cut in half, which that would be way more fun. Uh, the s- so his Spanish translation of his name just means Jeep. Fun fact. It's just weird because uh, Hound is a Jeep. I just... Yeah, well, there could be two Jeeps, I guess. Uh, his original name was to be Muscles in Bob Badiansky's original series Bible. Which muscles would then make sense why he has the Bravo and is the second strongest Autobot. That, sure. So here, but Uh, um, I can read this sentence. Yeah. So from what I saw, Braun is not that popular, despite being one of the original season one Autobots that seems to be in almost every episode. Oh, from what you can tell, you're not too sure. But from what you can tell, he's not popular. Hey, he did have 18 total figures on his page. So that's at least something. Okay. Even though he only had two pages on DF Wiki, 
he had 18 figures made somehow, counting variants and, and knockoffs, I think. I'm not sure if those, I just counted all the numbers up. Yeah, that's all about Braun, unless someone has any heartwarming tales or annoyances. Like, what is it that annoys you guys about him? Is it just because he's always acting tough for no reason? He's just useless. He's always like, I'm going to punch you. Here I come. Isn't he the guy that went after Megatron and punched him in the groin, like in one of the early episodes? He just I, goes I, like, Megatron, attack! Kabam. I I really, really, I just thought he was a loser, and now I'm just starting to hate him because of his description, because <laughs> he's nothing like that in the show. And it seems like they're trying to make him a thing, and, and you know, with especially with the muscles part, trying to call it that was going to be his original name it's like how i mean where is the disconnect where you have all these ideas and then the show is just a completely different thing well he's still strong in the show he still has like well are there just episodes that i just haven't seen yet well no you see him like punching stuff and lifting stuff throughout the show but of course he's always there but doesn't always have a presence because he's not well, always the focus. That, but he's not doing anything that's any different from anybody else. Well, we'll see if he gets his own episode in season two. So, <laughs> You know, an easy way for them to show off how he's a, you know, supposed to be like a manly robot that likes, you know, show off his physical skills. He should wrestle with the Dinobots or something for fun. But they just keep them locked up. Like they apparently keep Skyfire just locked up. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. They're like Dinobots, and they're just sitting there staring at the wall until the door opens. <laughs> it, it seemed like they were content staring at the wall because they didn't want to come out and save the world until they realized that they would die as well. <laughs> it's safe in there. <laughs> yeah, I do remember him in the show. I just remember when I was a kid. I just don't remember his personality at all until I watched the ep- the show again, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that that guy, guy who who always acts tough. Yeah, I mean, his character really, or what his character is being described as, it really does seem more fitting for Ironhide. I mean, Ironhide has done things that I feel like would qualify as, I don't know. Are they trying to say that Braun is the second strongest only to Optimus Prime? I mean, it seems like that's exactly what they're trying to say. (laughs) Anyway, my brain is dead, so it is... Time, time to, to end, time to end this and uh, stop ranting about other random Transformers games, because you came here for this specific episode because you saw the title, right, guys? Yeah, but they just got a little, they got a little extra bonus content because mm-hmm. we care about you. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't leave you with that nasty, grimy taste of brawn in your mouth. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I'm gonna like uh, go outside to work tomorrow. And my keys are going to fall under the car and be like, oh, man, I sure wish Braun was here to lift my car up so I could get my keys. You know? <laughs> or like literally any other robot in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the character spotlight of Bumblebee. He's the yellow Transformer that's half the size of a normal one that turns into a VW Beetle that is now widely known to the world due to his appearance in the Transformers live-action movies. Bumblebee quote, The least likely can be the most dangerous. Bumblebee description. Small, eager, and brave, Bumblebee acts as a messenger and spy. Due to his small size, he dares to go where others can't and won't. He idolizes the bigger Autobots, especially Optimus Prime and Prowl, and strives to be accepted. He's the most energy efficient and has the best vision of all the Autobots. 
really? The best vision? Do they mean the vision as in his eyes or his vision of the future? It better not be his eyes, because Sammy, I, I just, I just put my hand, my head into my hands. I couldn't believe that that was a line after, especially after watching this episode, because there was some stuff that we didn't bring up that I was, I was like, oh my god, you, what, did you need a Bumblebee's uh, stupid moments category added for this episode? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably gonna be more with this, is, with him being like a main character that they're trying to force upon us. He can go underwater for reconnaissance and salvage missions. Although physically the weakest Autobot, his stealth more than compensates for this inadequacy. I'm sorry, but if he can go underwater... Yes, exactly. Bring it up. <laughs> what? And I like his stealth is to fall backwards into the Decepticons. That's his stealth. <laughs> it's fine. It was uh, totally... Um, I don't even know. I got nothing. <laughs> I just think it's sacrilegious that... Bumblebee has more toys than any Transformer in the original season one line. More than Optimus oh, Prime, more than Dis- more than Starscream or Megatron. More toys that are in that line, or more toys. More toys like a different version. Oh, okay. I'm just wow. They're counting all eight years of Transformers G1 to G2. I mean, everyone loved Bumblebee. He was like tiny and cute. Like, eh, can't blame them. Are all three of us not like Bumblebee? I mean, I don't hate him. I don't <laughs> see any reason to like him. Oh no, it's just like yeah. ambivalent? Is that what we all are agreeing on? I mean, yeah. he's a, I guess he's a quote-unquote main character, but, I mean, what does he do? <laughs> Why? Uh, he's really good at driving uh, Spike around. He's really good at um, uh, being late for roll call. Uh, <laughs> so you guys don't really have any thoughts about him then too much? I mean, at this point, no. I don't, I mean, especially with me never having seen these episodes and watching these for the first time, I don't see any reason why he's special or anything. All he's done is just take care of the human and drive the human around. He basically <laughs> stole... He, and he's the backup, because didn't Jazz do it initially at first? Somebody drove... Um, yeah, Jazz was driving him in the city in the beginning. And, and I think Hound drove... Jazz no, quit. <laughs> Jazz was like, quit. I'm not taking care of this human. <laughs> They're like, get him off my back. Here, you take him. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like my music. Get him out of here. He survives the movie, despite being swallowed by Unicron along with Cybertron's moon. How? <laughs> In season three, he is injured and rebuilt into Goldbug by a Quintesson. He returns in the Japanese Hitmasters cartoon from time to time. Then, when he was injured protecting middle-aged Spike, he was rebuilt yet again back into Bumblebee. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just love reading these out of context for Thomas without referencing where any of this is coming from. Well, I, I wanted to get through reading it before I asked a question. I wanted to ask a question after each sentence. Because a lot of stuff there just seem ridiculous. <laughs> After each sentence, instead of a period, they should just put "why," because <laughs> that's what I—that's what I want to know. Okay. Well, I'm sitting here. How do you like, not oh, yeah, die by getting swallowed by Unicron? <laughs> well, you see, Kron eats people. They go in an assembly line, and so they go in the order that they were eaten into his giant digestive tract, and you know, it takes about three to five days to get there. I can't, I big... can't tell if you're serious. <laughs> like, this could actually be a thing, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's Transformers. I just need to move past it. <laughs> I was just trying to come up with a plausible explanation on the spot right now, actually. <laughs> 
Honestly, that was perfect. Okay. I was about to say, I'm just like, oh, no, that was totally from the movie. I was, uh, Sammy was almost believing me, right? Okay. So I guess his next sentence isn't, this one can end with a period and not why. In season three, he was built and rebuilt into Goldbug by Quintesson. Okay. So that seems okay. But I don't get after that where he's injured and rebuilt yet again and they turned him back into Bumblebee. He didn't. Why? He was tired of being Goldbug. Yeah. But why not be something better than just Bumblebee? Bumblebee. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to go back to being yourself. Never question story decisions from the Japanese, all right? I mean, I... also, Bumblebee sold more toys, probably. And now uh, Thomas will not be able to sleep at night because of all the questions he has about Bumblebee. We're going to let him sleep that off, and we'll leave you for now. Put it right in a box. Don't ever open that box again. It's right to the attic. <laughs> Still with super glue. Character spotlight, cliff jumper. Thomas? Do I have to read this quote? Yes. <laughs> uh, his character quote is, strike first, strike fast, strike hard. Think later. <laughs> Alright, do I have to read this, this description? Yes, well, just to hear it. Go to... Let me at him is Cliff Jumper's motto. That's not me. That's what it, that's his quote. His eagerness and daring have no equal. He's driven by the desire to win, to win the battle against the Decepticons. Finds Earth terrain a hindrance. <laughs> that's definitely noteworthy. One of the fastest Autobots often uses his speed to draw fire away from others. Shoots glass gas, which makes metal as brittle as glass. His recklessness often leads to actual blowouts in situations too dangerous for him to handle. I never noticed that. Not one bit. <laughs> that last one is so true. That one middle one is not true. He does never lure fire away from others that are injured or weaker than him. He's always just rushing into battle and like, well, oh, crap. Now I'm, yeah, in, exactly. now I'm injured. <laughs> Those kind of tactics take time to plan. Like you, you have to analyze properly. <laughs> he doesn't do any of that. It's just let's go fight. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so his fate after the movie, I'm like, well, hold up. Let's go to alternate universes first, right? An alternity, a separate timeline toy line that's a sequel to Binal Tech. Binal Tech is apparently canon, but Alternity is not because it's a separate timeline created by it where they become more powerful Transformers. But for some reason, Cliffjumper refuses to get the upgrade. He joins the Protectors and becomes a protector of the time stream, and they're always fighting this new evil. But when they eventually defeat the giant time bad, the next storyline has Megatron taking that evil guy's powers and becoming a, a, a Oh, like, I guess maybe time travel Megatron. But Cliffjumper is only excited to be fighting regular Decepticons again, regardless of all, of, I guess, the crap that new Megatron is doing. Because that's Cliffjumper. But, uh, Thomas, do you want to read this last paragraph? It will bring a smile to your face. Cliffjumper was one of the original Generation 1 survivors, where he was saved by Daniel from inside Unicron. However, he was never used in Season 3 or any of the three Japanese cartoons. He lived to fade away into existence. So this actually doesn't make me happy because I would have liked him to have died. And 
<laughs> didn't fade away into existence because he appears in other, uh, you know, in other stuff. So like he's still around. We still have to suffer him. Well, I'm talking about the G1 universe. They do not bring him back in any of the Japanese stuff, like ever. I don't. Oh, yeah. It's just like usually there's like a paragraph here for something, but no, nothing for him whatsoever after season two. I wonder why. Like I wonder how they feel about him. Well, also, he was voiced by Casey Kasem, who left the show. So that might have been one of the reasons the writers didn't add him back, even though he survived. But usually, at least the Japanese will have some reason to use him and stuff. But, yeah. I thought you were going to say that might have been one of the reasons uh, Casey Kasem left the show. Because they made him voice Cliff Jumper. I can imagine him having fun with Cliff Jumper for this episode. So... (laughs) So his original name was actually not going to be Cliff Jumper, but Blowout. Seems appropriate. It, in fact, it's left in as Blowout in one or two of the actual storybooks. Do you want to read fun facts, Charlie? Sure. Cliff Jumper was a small-sized figure because he was part of the micro-change line in Japan. He was brought over and incorporated into the Transformers line in order to make the line look bigger than it was since there were only three toys in this line or seven if you include the ones incorporated from that u.s line that was taken over in a prior podcast cliff jumper was released as a yellow variant and bumblebee was released as a red variant under the official transformers line in the u.s in japan he even had a blue variant in the original microchange what's the point of that Why change the color? You, you know, remember a few <laughs> podcast episodes ago where Braun, Windcharger, and Gears were all from that weird, technically it was a U.S. line, but then it actually was released in Japan first and then came back over here as Transformers. That They were released in the exact same, like, third wave of micro-change figures together, which is really weird. And in Mexico, apparently they have five versions, red, yellow, blue, silver, and white. Silver is cool. And in Brazil, not only does he have his original, he's got a golden black version, a white, a green, but the green and white versions have different heads for some reason. And these were all Cliff Jumper? Yep, all Cliff Jumper. They were all the same body. They were just different colors? Yeah, just all different colors, except for those two white and green ones in Brazil that had different heads for some reason. That's really weird. That's dumb. Like I can't believe people would have bought that. <laughs> Maybe they just ran out of different plastics and they just had to make it out of whatever. Okay, we've got the mold that we got from Japan mm-hmm. for the, the figure. Just pour our random plastic in that's available in this country. I guess he's going to be brown this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder how many of those were like, obviously probably unofficial. In 1985, Cliff Jumper was released as a soft rubber figure with candies in a line called transformers milk caramel where he was available as red white blue sky blue yellow green and orange wow that's a lot of colors and it's just like well the figure itself isn't candy it just came with a figure and candy two separate things together so you could eat one and play with the other soft rubber i'm trying to think i guess it was like a a racer or something yeah and they're just like one solid color nothing else In the manga, Cliff Jumper captures a transformed Rumble and Ravage 
and unspools their tape. <laughs> so, so he, he portraits them. <laughs> That's I would like to up. see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ripping the tape out of Ravage cassette. <laughs> just, just bloodthirsty. Just blood. You could just yeah. have just a POW. Just you know, just put him in the cage and lock him up, or get some useful information out of him. No, I'm just gonna unspool your tape. Just your insides, just all over the ground. <laughs> Take that video breath. <laughs> that was an epithet in this this episode video breath but yeah i kind of thought of the the smell of vhs tapes in italy his name was changed to cricket i assume because of the way crickets jump with their legs in russia his name translates to rock climber and in china the straight translation of his name is flying across a mountain that is very Chinese. <laughs> Unfortunately, Cliff Jumper has only been killed once in the cartoons and once in live action movies. He survived the animated movie, unlike most Autobots. He was first killed in the Prime animated series. Great series. That's another one of its selling points. And later in the Bumblebee movie. Also a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, he dies. I mean, I I didn't. Maybe I didn't put two and two together. I mean, I I, I happen to like Transformers Prime and Bumblebee movie. I, you know, just I'm just saying it's just kind of a coincidence. Co coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, he dies three times in Prime, as he's killed twice as Zombie Cliffjumper. Cliffjumper is now one of the main characters in the IDW 2019 Transformers reboot. Is he a hologram this time? Then you can't kill him. I, I saw that he's he is one of the main ones now, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Apparently, all the Americans are the ones that remember Cliff Jumper for the comics, but nobody ever wants to put him in the new, uh, in the new animated series or in any Japanese figures uh, lines. I mean, you can't be having that kind of character in front of kids, giving them bad ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, does that make you not want to read IDW's reboot now because he's going to show up a lot? Is he going to show up a lot to be killed? <laughs> I'm probably not since they just rebooted it. So, I mean, they did just kill off like every Transformer in the final Unicron storyline. So, I mean, including Cliff Jumper, but then everybody died in that story. So, well, on, like 90% of all the main characters died in that final crossover story. But it's kind of annoying. I wish it had an epilogue, like, but it just kind of ends after the Unicron story and the universe is over. Time for the reboot. I think they should create a Transformers chapter that has Bumblebee, Gears, and Cliff Jumper as the main characters. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's it. Like, they're, they're marooned on an island, and they have to, to get off. And if you have to put Cluffer in there, I think Bumblebee would go crazy, and he would kill them all. Like, you would find him years later, and he's like, I had to do it. I had to do it. Hound would have to go <laughs> there, too, because Hound basically has a little bit of Cliff Jumper in him, too. But yeah, Hound? Bumblebee, oh, yeah. all of those guys would drive Bumblebee insane. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go over the original toy quote and description for the five Dinobots. Can anyone actually name each Dinobot and what they transform into? Obviously, we all remember Grimlock as a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but do we remember any of the others? I only ever remember the one, the flying guy, but I want to see if you guys do. 
Yeah, a swoop is a pterodactyl. Pterodon. Whatever. <laughs> There's a di- there the is a genus difference of about a hundred thousand years. I don't know my dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. I don't actually know that if that's real or not. Oh, man. <laughs> Whatever. I got it right. Slag. Sludge. No. <laughs> Sludge is the brontosaurus, I think. Okay, there is one named Sludge. Okay, so yes. Slag, Sludge, Swoop, Grimlock. <laughs> Snarl. Oh. Snarl. Yes. No, I actually do recognize all those names, so which is which? Eh. Well, Swoop is the bird. Is <laughs> <laughs> the bird. Um, who's the, the Stegosaurus? He was from the second set. What was his name again? Uh, Slag? No. Snarl. Snarl yes. and Swoop. So Slag, Sludge, and Grimlock are the, are the first set. Mm-hmm. Wait, Slug? And you said Sludge turns into a brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. What was Triceratops? Is Slag? Yes, that's all of them. We got you guys. Got them all. Yay! Teamwork. <laughs> uh, super fans, right here. Dinobot super fans. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. There's no mask here. Which of you wants to start us off with Grimlock? Me, Sammy Lock will read Grimlock. <sighs> Fine. I agree <laughs> with strong Sammy Lock. Such a strong reader. Jesus. <laughs> I regret this now. <laughs> oh, all right. So Grimlock's quote is, Among the winners, there is no room for the weak. His description is the most fearsome and powerful Dinobot. Although dedicated to the Autobot cause, he resents authority. Cold, merciless, but a valiant warrior has contempt for the weak, including all humans. Great strength, uses jaws to break almost anything in two, carries an energy sword and galaxial rocket launcher in Dinobot mode. Other than arrogance and lack of speed, he's got no real weakness. <laughs> I have um, a lot of questions. They, they didn't mention the fact, what, that he could fly, shoot fire, shoot lasers, and like... Uh... Also, when did he hate all humans? Well, that was his original description, I'm surprised he didn't have a I hate all humans till he met a little girl and helped her, you know, save her parents' lives from the Decepticons and have some kind of <laughs> random episode where he learns that me, Grimlock, find out that not all humans are bad just because they're weak. <laughs> uh, he, I guess he came to that decision, even though the only humans he's hung around with is Sparkplug, Spike, and Chip. <laughs> I mean, see, if I hung around those three, I would hate humans. Yeah, exactly. It really says a lot. That validates all of the hatred everybody has for them. (laughs) All right, what was his fate after the movie? So, he survived and was featured in the movie despite the point of the movie being to introduce new characters, and he appeared in season three. After the series, Wheeljack placed Grimlock's brain in a new body that turned into a Ford Mustang so his mind wouldn't deteriorate further. Thank you, Wheeljack. <laughs> okay. Uh, the deterioration in the Japanese writing is a continuity reason for why the Dinobots got stupider between... Stupider! <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with stupider? It's not a word. Uh, 
it says it's correct under Microsoft Word spell check. There is no underline. It's wrong. Uh... <laughs> you know what? I'm going to dictionary.com right now, and I will prove you wrong. <laughs> if the Oxford Dictionary... I feel like it's appropriate for Grimlock, but now I'm just waiting for the answer because then my teachers could be wrong for like five million years, apparently. They drilled in my head that stupider is uh, not a word. Comparative adjective, stupider. I hate this. Maybe it's like a grammatical thing. Anyways, Anyways. Uh, English yes. lesson for today. Don't listen to your English teachers. Uh, <laughs> it might have been added after they taught it to you, for all you know. That's true. Dictionary is going to make me look like a fool. I mean, language is constantly changing. That's why, you know, Laser Core eventually became the spark of a Transformer, right? Right, right. That's no. how that works. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so yeah, the, the, the continuity between season two and three. Uh, sorry, season two in the movie. Uh, because if you need continuity errors fixed, you look into a Japanese manga. Totally makes sense. Yes. He later got his body rebuilt, or time was altered so he never became a car. I, we don't really know. He can look exactly the same, so he'd appear in the Japanese Headmaster's cartoon for his last appearance. Since the car story was made after, but took place before, uh, timey-wimey. Yeah. So he did have one final comic appearance, where he was at the trial of the alien that created Unicron, that had characters from multiple timelines at different universe characters appear for it. Ha. <laughs> yeah, and that's when your brain stops working because you're like, uh, these it's a whole timeline, mess. multiple person reality stuff. I'm just like, blah. It's not multiple personality disorder. Oh. He's still Grimlock. <laughs> so yeah, so, so do I keep going with the fun facts? Sure, let's have some fun facts about our Grimlock. Yeah. So, uh, every incarnation of Grimlock comes up with a reason for his stupidity. In the Marvel comics, he wasn't that stupid, if I recall, just impatient and angry. The UK said he spoke stupid to hide his intelligence because he believed intellectuals were weak. The Dreamwave comic said it was a virus, whereas the current IDW comics state he's just brain damaged, which is probably the worst way to go out of all of these. So, the other fun fact is that his original name choices were Trapjaw, Jawbreaker, Tyrannobot, and Tyrex. Tyrex is dumb and... Tyrex sounds like one of those... What are those building blocks for kids in the early 2000s that you make that aren't Legos? Oh, gosh. Duplo? Duplo, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that sounds like that would be a creature on those brands. Duplo and Tyrex. Buy yours today. Uh, Oof. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad they went with Grimlock. So anybody want to say anything about Grimlock, or are we moving on? Me, Grimlock, have nothing to say about Grimlock. <laughs> okay. I want to read the, the Stegosaurus next. Okay, wait. Did Thomas have nothing to say? Oh. The Stegosaurus has a name. That's what I have to say. I was going to say Snarl. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, his quote is, Only in war is there happiness. So we have another bloodthirsty Autobot for Thomas. All right. We're going to need to start a counter of these soon. It'll end up being like half the cast of the G1 at some point. An unhappy loner of few words and fewer options finds joy only in battle, hates his Dinobot form, and longs to return to Cybertron. Wait, return to Cybertron? Anyway, large golden plates on spinal assembly are solar collectors. 
dot 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 strength increases tenfold in sunlight tail can shatter 20 foot concrete cubes armor hide resists most missiles vulnerable to nighttime attacks due to his weaker state slow uncooperative nature hinders others from helping him okay so that was yeah no my one issue is really the return to cybertron since he wasn't made in cybertron (laughs) i know maybe then when they created those uh backstories on the cards they didn't know that yet that was gonna happen yet yeah, I'm guessing. So, did they just create Transformer life from scratch? I think Beast Wars was the show where they kind of said that, you know, all the new Transformers that showed up in that show actually exist existed in a previous form. So, this show doesn't have that at all, like G1? Well... They do eventually say that the reason the Dinobots are so dumb is because they cre- were created on Earth, I think. Because real Transformer life has to be created from the Matrix, I mean, from the Vector Sigma up on Cybertron. It basically means they don't have a soul, is basically what I get from that. So I'm surprised there's not an episode called Grimlock Gets a Soul. And he goes around and, you know, tries to find one on Cybertron. I don't know. Maybe there's a fan fiction out about something like that. So basically any other Transformer introduced in the show, they're actually from Cybertron. I guess they came through on the uh, space bridge. Yeah, everyone else will be introduced. I mean, they will say the Constructicons were made on Earth by the Decepticons, but then they'll retcon it and say they always lived on Cybertron And a few episodes later. Everyone, technically afterwards, just was always there and they never appeared, or they show up from Cybertron later or something. Oh, okay. So their fate after the movie. In the movie, Snarl wasn't actually there at the Autobot City battle, but then he magically appeared in the aftermath with everyone before mysteriously vanishing again until everyone was reunited on Junkion. So where was he? How would anyone know? If you guessed because a Japanese manga explained where he was, this time you're actually wrong. There was actually, uh, I found a script reading of voice actors at BotCon 2014, that basically makes fun of this fact by having him teleport to some other universe (laughs) with a group of other uh, displaced Transformers from other continuities, like Transformers Rescue Bots or Transformers Animated RC is there for some reason. Now that makes sense. And like IDW Ultra Magnus is also there, and then the the Ravage who looks like a real cat is also there. And it's just like a random uh, 40-minute script reading that I downloaded and have now on my files. That's beautiful. <laughs> Narl, instead of listening to the guy that called him there, just goes, F you, and goes and fights them. <laughs> Wait, uh, sorry, I have, to, I have to clarify something. Yeah. Um, which IDW Ultra Magnus? I know. That's what I said. Uh, Sammy, don't ask me which IDW Ultra Magnus it is in the notes. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> don't tell me not to do it. It's thing. actually right there in the notes. So I don't know because <laughs> I didn't listen to the thing yet. We'll save that to, for when we review the movie. <laughs> fair, fair. Fun facts. He was originally going to be named Stegbot. I mean, were they all going to be called that? Bronobot, Terabot. Actually, that one would kind of work. And not Stegabot. Like, the other Dinobot name, for some reason. Because all the others had, like, the vowels in it. Oh, his Italian name is Stego. That makes sense. Like Very like simple. <laughs> Great. 
Yeah. They're probably gonna stego. <laughs> and that's he's... a fanfic somewhere. And long before can people complained about there being two uh two Tyrannosex Tyrannosaurus uh Rexes <laughs> on robots in disguise in the Prime universe, there were two Stegosauruses in the G one universe. Because later in season three, Soundwave will get a mini Stegosaurus cassette. That is all I have what? to say about Stegosaurus. <laughs> what? Why? I, does it? I guess I don't know what form of cassettes he has right now. I don't know all of the forms, but it seems like the ones that I do know, they all serve a specific purpose. What purpose could a Stegosaurus serve? Well. I, if you remember when we recorded that episode with all the cassettes, he get, he's apparently supposed to be like espionage, but he also damages the sound files because he's always getting into fights along the way, or he, or he's too slow to get the intel in time. So it's like, what is his purpose? Yeah, I mean, Ravage could already do that. He already does that. His purpose is to fail. <laughs> That's basically it. Uh, so anyway, Thomas, you want to rig Slag, the Triceratops. Slag, I have no need for friends, even less for enemies. And yet you're part of a group. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he really does it. <laughs> well, I, I guess we don't have to go in it. None of the quotes, most of the quotes don't make sense for the actual TV show characters. That none of them wanted to get along with anybody else or people. <laughs> All right, his description. Slag is enormously strong, disruptive, and just plain mean-spirited, and often brawls with his comrades, which is why they seldom help him when he's in trouble. He's <laughs> yeah, okay. like, it's, that's so, it's so mean. <laughs> like he's in the middle of a battle, and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna respond to this call." <laughs> I mean, honestly, that makes sense. I remember what you did last time. You got into a fight because you thought I cheated when I didn't at all. So you can be stuck out there fighting Decepticons. <laughs> Despite his nasty, rash personality, he does share the, their dislike for authority. His mouth shoots 3,000 degrees Celsius flames up to 80 feet, and he enjoys melting enemies in the pools of liquid metal. He isn't too bright and likes shattering brick buildings with his head. He also uses an electron blaster in Dinobot mode. Why is it specifically brick buildings? I still don't remember any of them ever having personalities, even with them being in the Transformers movie. Like, I don't get a sense that any of the the, the four other Dinobots have personalities, except what I read on this description. Yeah, okay, moving on to his fate after the movie. So I guess he was in the movie <laughs> and... and... Also in season three of Headmasters. No, no, was... season three of the G1 and then Headmasters. That's it. Sorry. That's like, that's it. Like, they really don't, none of the Dinobots really have any interesting. It's just they're in those three things and that's all. Okay, hold up. Hold up. We're going to we're gonna back that up a little bit Sorry, because yeah. uh, Slag, all right, well, it's not after the movie, but during the movie, he's actually, like, kind of important. Like, he's okay. Like, he had some fun parts. His eyes pop out of his head. Like, it's fine. <laughs> he's the one that crushes the door down on somebody and goes, excuse yeah. me, you know? Like, it was good. Like, he, he had some prominent lines. <laughs> fun facts. Though he isn't in the 2016 Robots in Disguise show, he does have a figure from the series. 
his name Slag is a curse word for the IDW comics. Slag is also a real term of abuse in the UK, so he was renamed Snarl in the early 2000s when a figure for animated uh, for the animated. Then when the PS3 and Xbox Cybertron games came out, since there would now be two Snarls, he he was renamed again to Slug. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing that game and going, I don't remember Slug being a real name of these guys, but then I just rolled with it and continued playing. I was like, Maybe I got a faulty memory or something. I don't know. I don't know. Just <laughs> the names just keep changing every five minutes. Though I did like the Italian name that he has, and that's Trisex. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, when you said it, I real like we're obviously all looking at the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then you said it, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> okay. It looks cooler would... than it actually sounds. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So, uh, moving on to Swoop. Okay. Yeah, I get to do the Pterodactyl. So his quote is, Fear can hit targets unreachable to bullets. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. is he hanging out with who use guns or something Uh, i'm good i'm good uh his description is uh enjoys watching enemies scatter before him as he dives down from the sky considers spreading fear his greatest weapon this dinobot's kind good-natured side disguised by his horrifying form even his comrades shy away flies at 250 miles per hour Air-to-air missile launcher under each wing fires missiles equivalent of 5,000 pounds. TNT, 8-mile range. As robot uses launchers in 4,000 degrees Celsius thermal sword, fragile wings vulnerable to enemy firepower. Hold up. So every one of these guys can breathe fire, but he's the only one that has an ice power, and it's an ice sword. Wait, what? All the Dinobots can breathe fire. No, no, I heard you, but like he he has a hot sword. It's a hot sword. Oh, oh my god! Wait, I thought I, <laughs> I thought I read that as like negative. But, but actually, I'm it's confused because I thought it was the Stegosaurus that had the sword. What if they all have swords? They just pass around the sword. <laughs> well, they already passed around their names to each other, so it's yeah. a reason to believe they're like. If I'm Snarl, does that mean I get the sword down? He's like, fine. <laughs> his fate after the movie is the same as slag slug whatever got the movie got season three and he's got headmasters Woo. Woo. uh some fun facts uh he has more toys than snarl slag and sludge because he has a third page on the tf wiki site just for them as opposed to the others who only have two and i mean i don't blame anybody he's a bird yeah. but it's a great one of his original names was to be Dive Bomb, and also just simply Wing. <laughs> wing is just poetic. It's too poetic yeah. for a Dinobot. So Swoop is not technically a dinosaur. The classification of are we really doing a dinosaur yes, lesson? We are here to tell people the facts. Okay, Sparkcast is all about truth and <laughs> <laughs> justice, the dinosaur yeah. way. <laughs> Yes. So this is okay. just a basic lesson. 
All right. So, uh, yeah. So the classification of animals goes like this. Kingdom, phylum, clade, order. Oh, God. Order, suborder, family, subfamily, and genus. Genus? Uh, it's been a really long time since I've taken any class. Uh, all are in the same kingdom and phylum, but then split into the clade stage with dinosaurs having two clades. So... <laughs> Yep, go ahead. Have fun with these. <laughs> Saurischia or Ornithischia, with pterodactyls being part of the Pterosauria order. <laughs> Since they are all sister clades, this means that dinosaurs and pterosaurians descended from a single ancestor. Why? There, now we helped people who listen to the podcast learn something today. There's going to be 500... There's going to be 500 of these people being like, you said all these things wrong. <laughs> hey, I reviewed multiple science websites for this. I'm glad you did. <laughs> okay, so the, fine. The last, the last. <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad you did. We all learned a lesson here. I had, I didn't remember anything from my, I keep trying to call it biology class and I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> So anyway, the last fun, fun, fun little, little, the last fun fact about Swoop is that he was never released as a toy in Europe, because I guess Europe's hate birds or something. Robot birds. That's my explanation. If we're all silent here, Thomas, you want to go to Sludge? Sludge, the brontosaurus. Stop your enemy. Crush him under your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. His description. Likes to make his presence known. A footstep can be heard and felt in a three-mile radius. Gentle and shy, but terrifying and unstoppable in battle. Like other dinobites, dislikes optimism. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Exert 40,000 PSI via feet. Enough to shatter a bridge. Immense strength and endurance. Adept at fighting in water, swamp, and jungle environments. Slow, not too clever, often victim of the calamities he causes. I'm often, I'm thinking of that book where, what's his name? The the pile driver from Soundwave's chest. Like in that book we read where he made the earthquake and then fell inside of it. Now I'm just imagining Sludge doing the same thing. Because as we saw in the cartoon, he can apparently also cause a straight line earthquake. Have people fall inside of it. His fate after the movie is... Both of us are like, I don't understand. I don't remember any of this. Okay. <laughs> like all the Dinobots, they only got one episode of Headmasters. I guess the robot dinosaurs aren't popular in Japan. I feel like they would be. It's Japan. They're not big enough. In the cartoon, he was one of the first three Dinobites made. He was almost named Drive and Bronton. <laughs> yeah, I thought that second one sounded like a regular like dinosaur name rather than just a cool robot dinosaur name. Yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my, any... with my friend. Sorry. It actually sounds just terrible. It doesn't sound <laughs> like regular anything. No, no, like I'm going to go hang out with my friend Bronton. <laughs> Like we gotta go, we're gonna we're gonna go hit up that bar over there. Yeah, Bronton. <laughs> Bronton gonna start some fights. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I'm no fucking clue. Sorry. 
so. But I do have something truly ridiculous that I discovered while trying to research the Dinobots. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. Let's go. There is a canon comic book that was released when Transformers, all three series, were released on DVD. All four volumes that collected all of it had a comic book in four parts that was about the Dinobots becoming a combiner called The Beast. And it's apparently very infamous for being very, very bad, and also because they are forced (laughs) to merge by tentacles that pop out of their body. What? I am not even joking. They're like, it's it's happening again. Rawr! And then the tentacles spread out and form them all into the combiner again. Was somebody reading Kiss Players while writing this? I don't. Uh, I don't know. And and they actually had an interview with the guy who wrote it, who did, who doesn't. I guess he didn't think it was that bad as people made it out to be. I think his like interview was also connected to the comic that was on the entry and I'm like wow this is this is hilarious like I have to own this I must find it but you know no one has that anywhere on the internet so it's going into my missing collection for now <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that ever again I no if it's good or bad you cannot forget history I mean what if we just didn't like that there was a certain genus Stop. and then it came back because it had evolved <laughs> and we had discounted that genus and now it was attacking us and trying to take over Earth. What? <laughs> uh. I mean, okay. Also, this was kind of interesting. There's an anime called Brave X Kaiser, which was the first in the Braves franchise. Which I guess Go Guy are, which you guys have mentioned before. Gal Guy Gar. Oh my god. Gal Guy Gar. Get it I right. He screamed into the mic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What, it's not. Both it's Thomas uh, and, Both oops. Thomas and I were like, no. <laughs> well, what is it again called? Sorry. It's Gal Guy Gar. Okay. Go, 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 guy, go. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, if you if you are fans that have watched the whole series, there's a bad guy called Armor Geist. Back up though. If you have not watched, if you've not watched Gal Guy Gar, I don't blame you, but you need to listen to the theme song. The reason I brought it up is because one of the villains is called Armor Geist and is four dinosaur creatures that merge into Mad Geist. Only when they all merge, they get reduced intelligence. The only one not based on any of those robots is Slag the Triceratops. Now I'm just excited about Gagagar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So something funny, uh, they were originally from a toy line that had human pilots in them, which of course were removed when they came over to America and were incorporated into the Transformers brand. Interesting. Anyway, I think I've run out of anything to talk about Dinobots. How about you, uh, Thomas, Sammy? Just reading all these fun facts and quotes and the ideas that they kind of had for the Dinobots before they were actually implemented in the show just kind of like soured my view on the Dinobots. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said they were awesome. You said that they were the best episode you had ever seen so far. Yes, so I'm I'm hoping that I see them again sometime soon to just forget this episode of the podcast. <laughs> what, their descriptions didn't do it for you? 
no, they were dumb. The two of them were pretty good, where they just was like, hey, nothing matters except fighting and being mean to everybody else. <laughs> Only in war is their happiness. I don't need friends. Where? My opinion before this was, I don't like the Dinobots. My opinion after this, I don't like the Dinobots. But I'm glad they went with the choices that they did. Because, man, it could have been a lot worse. This character spotlight is Prize Gears. He is the grumpy Autobot who complains about everything. He turns into a truck thing. Charlie, do you want to read his quote and description? Nobody wins a war. Somebody loses. So the first part actually sounds smart, and then it just sounds like it ends with a dumb part. Because, like, if somebody loses, doesn't that imply someone win? If you say, instead of every, somebody loses, it should be everybody loses, or everybody loses something, or, or something to that effect. It just sounds stupid the way the second half description time. So Gears' character description is, Gears is antisocial, a self-proclaimed misfit, he finds fault in everything and everyone. Acts this way to help cheer up, to help cheer others up as they try to cheer him up. Is, what? No, no, you can't try to redeem his personality this way. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. Have you ever known a person that acted that way and they meant it as a way to cheer you up? Let me just let me just annoy you constantly and criticize everything around me. That'll make you happy. It, it, okay, the way it describes it, it looks like he acts that way to cheer people up because it's funny, but at the same time, they realize that he's down, so they try to then cheer him up. I, I don't know. The way it's worded is really weird. But none of, they, they, they never find it funny, though. They don't oh, seem you know to be that don't. <laughs> They only found it funny when they thought they could keep him nice. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, tremendous strength and endurances. Totes heavy loads, long distances. Launches to height of twenty miles. Floats down on compressed air. What? How? What is? We never saw that. Is that why his head is like fixed <laughs> to be like aerodynamic? So there, he falls down the cliff and falls down, unlike everyone else who's sliding down when they reach the Decepticons to fight at the gold cabin area, mm. everyone else is sliding down, but he trips and falls, just falls down. The That's weird. Uh, he also becomes an easy target due to limited maneuverability. He can detect infrared. Oh my God. It's not all flaws. That last sentence redeems it. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, Detect infrared. Like, what uh, century are we in here? <laughs> he could detect your remote control. Oh <laughs> That's useful. I can detect the wire that leads from your PS3 to from your console to the controller. Look at that line. Now I'm gonna chop my hand in it and disrupt it. Aha! Uh-huh, now you hate me even more. I want to read. I want to read his fate after the movie. You know what? You know what his fate is? None. Because they forgot to put him in the movie. He has no future appearances in any American or Japanese continuity because nobody gives a shit about him. So I, 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 I used to assume he died. I understand this. How does that happen? I assume he died in the movie battle 
And there's two things that might actually prove this happens. There are two versions of the movie script. There is a movie script that has been released as well as a dialogue script. In the second draft, this is just the dialogue. Devastator transforms and goes, raw. Then we hear Gears say, we're finished. Ah, And that's it. That's his only line. Which is why he's credited at the end of the movies for speaking, even though he doesn't show up in the film. So hopefully Devastator crushed and killed him. And that was what was supposed to happen and why he was screaming. (laughs) But in the earlier draft of the movie, before that dialogue script, when Megatron becomes Galvatron, he returns to Autobot City with Cyclonus and Scourge, and Scourge does a carpet bombing of the city, blowing gears to pieces. <laughs> Originally, Cyclonus was supposed to kill another Autobot, someone else that was in one of our older character spotlights, but I forgot who that was now. But yeah, so yeah, they killed him in the movie, in the original drafts, but it never actually made it to the screen. And it didn't even matter in the long run, Because everyone's like, well, he's still alive. You can use him. And and no one he did. (laughs) Like, there is nothing. He's just like Reflector. Does not show up in the Japanese continuity ever. So nobody cares. He doesn't even show up in any of the exclusive comic books that are released with the figures all the time that are supposed to take place long after the Japanese continuity where everybody's back alive again. Even he still doesn't get back life again i guess how does that happen like uh, so are there any other characters besides reflector and and gears where they just like blue streak that happens to blue streak wait no no i think blue streak is actually shows up in alternators and all that stuff oh it's brawn brawn is also this way brawn doesn't really show up anymore the other guy you said you don't like who's always like I got a fish for your face, Decepticon, even though he's like half their size. Yeah. And his transformation looks like a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be a tank, but it's a, it looks like a dumpster. <laughs> I forget who else we've covered because they're forgettable. So yeah, I just remember that um, there are a few of them. But yeah, Gears has probably got the least amount of figures. Sorry, this goes to the fun facts, but he's got the lowest figure account of any Autobot. However, he does appear in a lot of the spinoff books for some reason. Like he had the one figure in 1984 and then wouldn't show up as a figure again until 2014. As of 2020, he only has two full figures and two mini figures, the lowest of any Transformer in the known universe. Even Reflector has more figures than him. Now that's sad. But... <laughs> I kind of like gears now now that i've really reviewed him like kind of this episode made me want a gears figure so he's like an autobot you now want because you love to hate him yeah i i I want him around complaining when i'm playing with my other autobots like if i were a kid this would have been a fun figure to just you know tell a story with (laughs) but yeah uh, I, i i swear it before then, in some of our episodes, I'd be like, eight figures, only this many, or six, but it always seemed to be, yeah, I just remember Brawn and Reflector, and I seriously can't remember if Blue Streak had a low amount of figures or not, but yeah, this no is way. the lowest. It would be so hard to make them. They could have even made them, like, really cheap, because they're the little ones. Like, they're smaller than the other figures. They could have been just, like, you know, kind of a... They could have come in the mm-hmm. box with a larger figure. Get Megatron and 
gears together <laughs> for yeah. no reason. But um, do you want to see Charlie read? Uh, not where it says his name in Japan, but the sentence below it where it says gears was. Gears was never released in Japan as gears in the Transformers line. His character not being released until 2004 as a minifigure. In Peru, he was somehow colored many different ways. Blue and red, dark blue and yellow, yellow and orange. Okay. Um, Though some people claim there are six different colorings. In Mandarin, his name translates to transmission. In Hungarian, it is hauler. South America, it is pickup. And in Russia, it is simply drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And apparently he's in the live action movies and I never even realized it because he had an entry for live action movies. And I'm like, what? I've seen all these movies and I don't even remember him showing up. I would have remembered because I would have had a flashback and been like, "Uh, Gears. (laughs) I guess he's supposed to be some kind of weird pickup truck. Yeah. There's one last thing and it's actually pretty interesting about Gears is his name in Japan before coming part of the American Transformers line was Micro Robot 04 4WD Off-Road. Why? <laughs> However, here's the weird thing. It's only been discovered uh, uh, recently, like within the last few years. It's implied that Gears slash his Off-Road was taken from an American toy line that was canceled called Mysterians. Mysterians was being developed in 1982 by Knickerbocker Toys, and they wanted to make a comic book and toy line. And this is also where Braun, Huffer, and Windcharger came from in the canceled toy line. No one knows how Takara made these unless they were already working with them to make their canceled figures. So Knickerbocker Toys went to DC, didn't like their story proposal, so they went to Marvel Comics to pitch a comic book but then Hasbro bought the company and then canceled the toy line. And then the very next year, Hasbro approaches Marvel to make their own comic book with the Transformers. And that does get made in 1983. The toys and the comic were canceled in 1983 with the Transformers comic book and cartoon coming out in 1984. And apparently this has only been discovered recently And I just was like, wow. So they were trying to make their own comic tie-in with some toys. And they were little mini Transformers. And Hasbro, I think, it's one. it feels like it's one of those things that Hollywood does. You know how they buy scripts just to not make them because it's too similar to a movie they already have in production? (laughs) It kind of felt like the same way. Hasbro's like, oh man, hell no. We already got to compete with those stupid GoBots. Now we got to compete with Mysterians buy them <laughs> then close them out and then they were probably like oh man they were trying to make a comic book line maybe we should do the same thing i guess that makes sense because yeah i guess that kind of explains the dumb look the three have with their <laughs> just block head that just can't move which it, 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 it seems completely at odds to compare to the other even the decepticons there's no i don't think there's any decepticons that even look like that the four from that line that have been identified in transformers yeah were gears brawn huffer and wind charger wind charger is the other forgettable autobot i think he's only got like 
a few toys more than gears but he's up there in basically he does i don't think even think wind charger has a personality which is why nobody remembers him doesn't have a personality well i mean he never shows up on the show so nobody knows what he what he actually has i mean we'd already covered him before but okay yeah he's got uh at least 12 figures so that's still more than some or 10 sorry what do you guys think of Gears now? Uh, Thomas, has your opinion on Gears changed since watching this episode? Seen the character spotlight of Gears? Um, I can't say that my opinion has changed because this episode was not necessarily... This episode was all about what if we change Gears around? So we didn't have to experience what Gears really is like. And at the end of it, he goes back to normal, and we don't really see much of that. <laughs> just so enough to make fun like, of it. You know, this one-off gears, I think, is interesting. I, I mean, that bit would probably just wear wear thin really fast too. It, it was definitely good. It it, it made for a, a good episode. <laughs> but you know, it sounds like we're never gonna ever mention gears again after this. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he doesn't show up again because I'm like, I, I still remember even as a kid, I didn't like Gears or Huffer. Those were the two that stood out to me as the ones I hated uh, of the first like eight episodes on VHS. So that's the ones I saw all the time. And whenever I'd see Huffer and Gears, I'd be like, these guys are stupid. <laughs> kid. <laughs> For some reason, I never I never had an opinion about Braun. I guess I just accepted him. Unlike you, Thomas, who now uh, I, I, I'm assuming is your second most hated after Cliff Jumper. Do I hate Braun? I don't remember hating Braun. I mean, oh, okay. I he's he Braun, uh, Wind Charger, and Huffer, even in Gears. I I don't think anything of them because they're they're never really around. The last episode I remember with Gears and well, Brown, Braun's Braun. around a lot. Gears He's always there to talk. I remember and... them fighting uh, the other guys. So Shockwave and uh, what is the little the guy with the jackhammer arms on the Decepticons? There was an oh, episode where where Braun basically broke through a wall and he was fighting uh, he was fighting Shockwave and this other Decepticon. So that, I thought that was pretty funny that he was just like. He just went all Hulk crazy on them and and broke through a wall. But yeah, I feel like that's the last time I I remember anything prominent happening with Gears. This is like way back in like one of the early episodes of uh, the first season. Cool. Well, hopefully we'll see if if we ever have to worry about Gears ever again. (laughs) (laughs) But however, you do know it's counting down, Thomas. In one of these next six episodes, we will have a character spotlight. For Cliff Jumper. Is it because he dies? <laughs> Major groan. Uh no, it's because he, he dies, right? Might or might not have an episode where, where he he's dies. the main character like Gears here. A whole episode <laughs> of Cliff Jumper? How's that how's that even gonna work, man? <laughs> Cliff Jumper jumps off cliffs all the time, Thomas. He does not uh, die. Oh, is it is it gonna be like that book, the storybook story where he disobeys orders, and now he's captured, and now th- the whole episode is going to be about, okay, we got to go save Cliff Jumper because he's an idiot, and he didn't follow orders, and now he's got himself captured. He's going to be a POW over and over. 
for a character spotlight this time, I want to mention something funny. So, in the Generation 1 continuity, there are seven other Starscream recolors. And we're not going to do any of them, because F that, they're not real. They only got made later in life, not in the actual continuity of the cartoons, the toys. They don't have names until much later. It's like, it's just, it's it's just, it's ridiculous. There's seven Starscream recolors. However, I want you guys to check that link I sent you. It's an Autobot that showed up in the initial three-parter and then vanished from existence and never had a toy made of him. Huh. Autobot that was in the show but never had a toy made? Yeah, he was in the first three episodes. Scroll down to fiction. So we're going to do something don't normally do, which is access TF Wiki while we're on the podcast. But if you go down to where it says fiction, Transformers G1 cartoon continuity, and read his only... (laughs) And read one of his only descriptions. Because he shows up at the beginning of episode two and the end of episode one, I know, that's, that's it. It's the only time he shows up. Soon after the Autobots awaken in 1984, Hauler and Ratchet were brought by Cliffjumper to aid the fallen Hound, who had been sent tumbling into a ravine following a battle with Laserbeak. While Ratchet and Cliffjumper jumped down to check their buddy out, Hauler remained up top and used his winch to lift Hound to safety. Yeah, and he did his part for the war. <laughs> his tour is done. And he never had a robot mode. So nobody knew who this was if you grew up watching that. You're like, who's this Autobot in the original three-parter who never shows up in the actual series? Well, he was a a nice plot device. Yeah, and (laughs) like you see that they do make a toy of him later because of course they do in the year 2003. I just find that amusing because I do remember that, uh, him showing up, but him never like actually talking or getting any kind of thing uh but let's see what it says down here apparently he was intended to be released from the diaclone line as part of the first year of transformers toys packaging for the 1984 autobot cars contained 12 figures but only 11 were actually released mirage taking up the empty slot in place of hauler the figure was held back and eventually released in 1985 as grapple oh that's that scientist that shows up later in season two Okay. Why so. Mirage, though? What could you do with him? How could he turn invisible or do anything cool? You know, it's like, hey, go figure. Oh, wait, wait, oh, God. Mirage was so underutilized last episode. He's like, the Decepticons could be near. I'll go scout ahead. Turns invisible, and then that's it. Next thing we see, he's visible again, saving Optimus, and then fighting the alligator. And I'm like, what was the point of turning invisible? He didn't sneak up on anyone or get by anybody. Yeah. yeah. I think Holler would have made a more fun toy because at least you could have like a little winch pulley thing with a crank or something and you can hook your Autobots on and wind them up a side of a table or something. Yeah, (laughs) I do like this, though. They say in the 1985 cards, they retroactively called him Grapple. It's actually a better name than Holler. (laughs) What I find hilarious is that he actually shows up as a real character in the Japanese cartoon continuity, where they say that he was actually one of the original Constructicons who helped build Megatron, apparently. 
I just thought that was amusing, and I wanted to show you guys that. I didn't even know he was going to... They later made Grapple basically that guy. I think I might have noticed him if I had been a kid, because I always used to pick out the most obscure cartoon character that just doesn't show up. And I'm like, oh my god, here's an episode with a cartoon character in it, you know? Like, um... I'm trying to think of an example. I remember, I think, the Gummy Bear series had, like, this blue weird bear they met on some island or something and you know like just just weird stuff like <laughs> <laughs> i might have noticed that there was a hauler but um, i'm glad it took for a character that was in there from the very beginning it took 60 episodes for sean to point him out <laughs> <laughs> oh my god because I, I mean i'm like this is news to me i'm like okay yeah i mean <laughs> The winch guy was there. <laughs> All this other stuff. I'd even, I couldn't even remember that he was being overlooked. Do you remember how on Cybertron there's like a green star scream and a yellow star scream? But there's seven of them. I'm like, yeah, that's that's too much. <laughs> it's like, why were there? They kept recoloring star scream. Why did they never recolor reflector to be different colors to make it look like it was different people? Speaking of recolors. I'm sorry, blue streak still bothers the hell with me because he's he's just red. Like there's it, red. I thought he was gray with and, gray and white. Yeah, it's or they usually use red, white, and gray, and it's just why is his name blue streak? There's no blue on him. Is he supposed to be a police car? I think he's a police car, right? Uh no, Prowl is the police car. Okay, what is? I mean. Doesn't he have a blue stripe on him, his car or something, when he turns into the car? Or... He's just, all that gray is actually blue in the comic book. I don't know if it is in his actual toy, though. It's been a oh, while. Okay. I have to but check he, the toy. He's no, he's red blue. in the toy. What the heck? It's red on the original toy. Uh, no idea why he's called Blue Streak, then. That bothers the hell out of me. It's just like, oh my god, there's no blue. What's Blue Streak blue? No, his his windows it. his it's windows red reflect red. the blue sky. I mean, there's a little bit of blue there. <laughs> oh well, as we've seen in the end credits, there is a blue car that shows up. Uh, we've got four more episodes of the original Transformers before the season two people start showing up. And I'm wondering if that is just Blue Streak finally painted blue. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... I uh, a lot of action figures where he is actually blue and there's the nissan transforming one that one's actually pretty cool because it's a z car but yeah i mean he would have not been blue like originally <laughs> i see a red and gray z yeah. car also so it's like go figure but it just bothers me. He's, he doesn't have a drop of blue on him at all. When they couldn't get the name Blue Streak for copyright reasons, his name did become Silver Streak for a few years till they got the copyright back, if I'm recalling from our actual Blue Streak character spotlight from episodes ago. It's a better name for him. Silver Streak. I like that. You know, Spike's favorite friend until he discovered Bumblebee. Hound. <laughs> wow. So you know what? And I'm trying. I'm thinking back. <laughs> I think that's how. That's definitely how it was. Because like in the first couple episodes, like Spike was, would ride around on uh, 
in Hound because you could still it was it was easier to see the car move around, but also still see Spike's face, and it was easy for him to animate him jumping out of it instead of having to open up a car door, close it, all that kind of crap. Look, Spike Spike is allowed to choose which car to ride around in. He's allowed to have multiple cars. He just took Hound for a test drive. Yeah, he wasn't really feeling it. <laughs> he couldn't really work with his payments and stuff, so. Like I, I realize that now too is um, Hound was the first three episodes, which was actually the TV pilot, which probably means other writers who worked on the next few episodes just put Bumblebee in there, and then that's how it became. Like they must have chose Hound, the people working on the first three, whereas the others chose Bumblebee without talking to each other. <laughs> Most likely, <laughs> was GI Joe already airing when this when during those first three episodes? Oh my god, I have to look up like. I thought it was data now. I yeah, I would assume it was, and I, now that I think about it, them trying to choose Hound as the human companion to be in most of the episodes kind of makes sense if they want to have just you know like, well, we see the kids really like this army style thing. Here's the army jeep, right? Instead of just here's just a random Volkswagen Beetle that nobody would ever, no kid would ever really think about ever. I mean, it's a, it's a cute car. It's a cute little toy car. Sells toys. <laughs> if I write G.I. Joe in Google or search, the first thing that comes up is the Rise of Cobra movie. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like that movie. It felt like a live action cartoon. That's what all you could ask for, really, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. It came out in 85. What? And, uh, oh, Transformers came out 84, I think. Oh, huh. Okay, so a year right? apart. I don't... Yeah, it's 84. Yes. Technically, the toys came out in 83. Oh, that's right, because we have jumped ahead to some of the books and stuff that are in 85, but mainly, yeah, mm-hmm. we've been reading 84 stuff. So no, there's just that. Uh, I can read the quote. <laughs> um, Observe everything. Remember even more. We gotta remember, did we say that Hound is a green Jeep, for those who might be confused, you know, with all the multiple Transformer characters? Oh. <laughs> that's all. It's all good. Um, yeah, I just didn't realize that Hound was so uh, poetic. His description is, Hound loves the natural wonders of Earth, prefers it to Cybertron, brave, fearless, loyal, secretly desires to be human. Excuse me? <laughs> Uses turret guns as radar scope, infrared radiation collector, tracks machines as well as humans, hologram gun projects three-dimensional grid laser light topographical maps, and vulnerable to thermal and electromagnetic interference. Wait, no, seriously, can we go back to this whole human thing? (laughs) I'm wondering what a three-dimensional grid laser light topographical map is. Is that just like a three-dimensional mouthful? Is that like just a map where you can plan your war strategies on? You're like just a smaller version? Yeah, just call it a hologram. It's just a hologram map. There's no strategy in these things. It's just Autobots attack, Decepticons attack. (laughs) I mean, have you ever, that's why you've never seen Hound use this. They only ever go quick, hide in cover, and that's about the only other strategy they use. Guys, we're losing the plot. He wants to be a human. (laughs) Yeah, like, 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 really, let's go back to this. Let us dissect this. What? Well, he does love Earth. I remember in the early episodes, he likes how peaceful Earth is because he's like, there's no, like, you know, war taking up the whole planet. There's birds and trees. Okay, but one of his first interactions with humans was them attacking him, throwing tools and stuff at him. What makes him go from loving the the atmosphere of the planet, the 
in the in the abyss that they often hang out in to wanting to be a human that yeah because like (laughs) you can be a robot and enjoy earth but not want to be a human (laughs) yeah i think that's something that was never used in the actual show because this was just the back of the toy maybe he's jealous of of the human's touch he wants their sense of smell it was ever since spike wrote him he just wanted to be a human (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry well, one, one Autobot will uh, will actually become human in the future. I don't surprised. Uh, uh-huh. that chance to become human. Oh, don't make this a Sonic thing, please. What so- <laughs> is Sonic trying to turn into a human now? Is that the plot of the next game? He's just going to be a human? No, just the weird interspecies love kind of thing. Just... Sonic 06. <laughs> Sonic 06. But no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it until we get yeah. there. Thomas, fade after the movie. Fade after the movie. In the movie, Hound was seen outside the Autobot base before the attack, but also at Optimus's ship when Optimus Prime arrived in to join the fight at Autobot City. But he was never seen again after the movie. He was either trapped outside and rejoined the fight later, or one of these is an animation error. He joined a rescue team to help save Cybertronian civilians after Unicron's attack, it could now form with his other season one survivors to become Sky Rain. Okay. So this is like the third guy we've reviewed who became Sky Rain. In like- I don't, well, I, I'm pausing and because I'm confused. Is like, I know of combiners. I did not know of a combiner named Sky Rain. And I didn't know that regular Autobots could just be decide to become a combiner somehow. This is some toy from like six years ago supposedly you know the stories are canon to the rest of the universe so it's basically all these season one characters that can combine to become sky rain oh okay so like you know modern day people wanted to just make more combiners yeah okay he also gained the ability to project people's memories as holograms so he basically gained sound waves power of mind reading combined with his own hologram powers he went on to use his holograms to produce cybertronium musical plays wow He traveled to Japan to stop G.I. Joe's Cobra Commander. <laughs> they couldn't officially be called Cobra Commander. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, that was like that was like the one time I think he showed up in season three. Well then so what, no, was this no, in this... was this in Transformers or they used him in the manga again, like that not Cobra Commander in some of the manga later. I love that. I'm so glad because I was so upset that they only used him for that one episode. Yeah. And I'm mad I can't remember his name right now. So, Thomas, continue. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, Yeah, because I I love Ivy. I love Cobra Commander. So, I I just like, I want to know. I want to see that now. (laughs) (laughs) Just just wait. It'll it'll happen. It, it, It is so worth it. All right. He returned in the animated series Headmasters, but stationed on another planet so he wouldn't appear on the show for more than one episode. This was his last canonical appearance. So he survived, but then really didn't go on to do much. I mean, that's better than some robots. Some robots were just forgotten. They didn't get to become a part of Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. True yeah. facts. We got some hound fun facts. We can just take turns. Reading them, starting with one of you. Sure, I'll start out. Both the French and Portuguese names translates hound to tracker, and his names in other countries are everything from scout, Danish, kangaroo, Italian. Really? It's not Australian? <laughs> Anyways, uh, hunter, Portuguese and Russian, and chief detective in China. 
Oh. I'm not sure which one I like more. Chief Detective. That's all beautiful. His animated design was based on the package art and not the figure, resulting in his rifle only being a gun in the show, but a long rifle for the actual figure. Huh. Hound was one of the Japanese Diaclone lines that came with a human pilot, even though he did have a head. His rocket launcher had to be changed to fire, not so fast, so children wouldn't shoot their eyes out. Oops. So, oh, that's right. I saw a commercial in Japan. It actually went, whoom, like really across the room. But in America, it just goes, pachu, before falling down. So they oh, wanted you know. to make it so people wouldn't, you know, kids wouldn't shoot other kids in the eye with his rocket launcher. America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So oh, this is my note. So I guess I better read it. So I'm not into many toys, but I did see there was a line called War for Cybertron where you can apply battle damage stickers onto the robots. and uh, But all I can think is, once this is battle damaged, is it stuck that way forever, or do the stickers come off? Because I found, like, Hound had a figure in that line, and I just, like, okay. Huh. <laughs> forever dead. <laughs> okay, so one of his figures transforms into a van. <laughs> But but even then, it's really awkward because his head just comes up above the van and his legs below it. So it's not really a, tra- a transformation. I I, I have I have the Rodimus version of that. Uh, what, I, I know it says. says. I know I know, but I have that one too. Yeah, it looks very blocky, but not as bad as this hound one. Yeah, I got that at, at like a. Uh, the Japanese festival yeah. that's in DC all the time. I just found these little, they were like called they're, Transformer Cubes. Yep. Who's, yeah. They're, sorry, uh, no, they, they're called Transformer Q. That's Okay, cool. They're, yeah, they're super just, cute, like, sorry. Yeah, just just like little blocky ones. When I saw the Rodimus, I was like, I have to get this one. They're just so precious. Like, my friend bought me mine, and I'm just like, I can't decide whether I want him in, like, in it's in its robot form or in its car form because both of them are just cute. Like, what is this stupid toy? <laughs> Thomas, you but wanna? That actually just made me think. Your description of it just being like a van that sounds like it's just stood up vertically. And then it has legs and a head at the top of it. It kind of just made, for whatever reason it made me think of just an elephant or a rhino just standing up on his hind legs, act like a human in a weird way. You're not there too is far. just a rhino <laughs> that does that in Beast Wars, and he often, <laughs> oh Rhinox often talks. He just stands up on his hind legs and talks as like he's a regular human. Okay, so, so I don't. It was just a weird, just weird that my so, brain just thought of that. <laughs> so type in Transformers Q toys and go to the images, and you'll see like what I'm talking about. There's actually a bulky Optimus, a bulky Wheeljack, and Bumblebee. There's even a, a movie Optimus, and I'm like, oh man. Movie Optimus. Yeah, he's designed to look like Optimus oh. from the live action movie. Oh. I mean, actually, this is a lot different than what I was thinking because, I mean, these look like cars. They're just like on a raised platform and not necessarily. So I thought the van was turned basically like 90 degrees up in the air. So like its trunk would be like on the ground. But these actually look kind of cool yeah they do but for some reason hounds just looks really poorly designed <laughs> or just doesn't look right i don't know oh there's a starscream one why don't i have the starscream so the hound one? one is uh oh, man, he's supposed to be a van looks, sound waves actually looks really cool 
Oh, Hounds. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's got some extra baggage on the back of his. His um, proportions look kind of off. There is a Hello Kitty Decepticon version of one of them. But uh, I like all yeah. of these. The Starscream one I'm looking at, I don't know if it's a Transformers Q one, but the Starscream one I'm looking at looks like trash. I hate this one. The one with the fat, like, uh, it looks like a really fat cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For some reason, <laughs> Hound is the only one that doesn't show up on my image search now. Why does Rodimus look like a hot rod, like, camper van? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love hey, this little fat Starscream. Oh, no. The Starscream one's not good. No, it's so fat. I love him. <laughs> He's so fat with tiny little legs. All right. We've got to post some of these images on the uh, for this episode. I kind of like the RC one, too, even though I don't usually ever like the RC, like, 80s design. It just looks. Oh, but her face is adorable. Like you can't mm-hmm. not like that. Did you guys see the Hello Kitty one? No. Where she has a Decepticon logo and all these slashes, as if she's been attacked. I mean, I found Hound. I still haven't found him, even though I'm the one who mentions it in our notes. I had he to does look terrible. Yeah, he looks terrible. All right, so we will show everyone in our links everything but him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I'm I, just getting, look. He... I'm just getting regular Hound figures. I don't anyway. Anyway. So the first one is Huffer. Ugh. Ugh, just get him out of the way. That's what I wanted to do. Again, Huffer, like Blue Streak, one page for everything. But he didn't even get a main page and a secondary page like Blue Streak. It's all on one page. He's apparently an Autobot engineer. He's the purple, blue, and yellow construction bot who complains about everything and has a pessimistic outview on life. Not to be confused with Gears, who is the red, white, and blue Autobot who complains about everything and has a pessimistic view on life. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why my hatred is only for Gears, when now that I remember Huffer exists too. Don't forget about Cliffjumper. No, Cliffjumper's fine. (laughs) Is he? Even after this character arc that he has in this episode, he just goes back to complaining again so that he could match his character bio. Thomas, you want to read the quote and description for Huffer? Huffer's quote, Molecular structure is the key to success. Okay. <laughs> That's a sentence. <laughs> <His> description. <laughs> and his description, Huffer is cynical, hard-boiled, and pessimistic. He looks at the world through sludge-colored windshields, will complain it can't be built, then builds it anyway. <laughs> Not too sociable, but absolutely reliable. Arm sensors can test materials for strength, heat, resistance, elasticity, etc. Extremely strong. Superior mathematical and geometrical abilities. Often unhappy and homesick for Cybertron. I'm sorry, when does he um, use any of these abilities? Uh, never. Oh. It's, uh, not everything is always incorporated from the BIOS. Because sometimes there were just too many characters to cram into an episode to remember that all. I just feel like there would have been, I don't know, something, one of them, other than the pessimism. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it. No, I don't think any of those would have helped let's with just, Optimus just... dying on a table, and we have this technical <laughs> genius that could help repair him instead of just the medical doctor, r- robot doctor, just doing stuff by himself. <laughs> I don't need so, any help, it's fun. Let's talk about his fate after the movie so we can never talk about him again. So his body was shown during the movie's battle, but we never see him after that again. But his corpse is actually labeled on one of the starships 
in one of the oh boards in season three. But of course, that ship later explodes, taking all the Autobot corpses with it, with no chance of Huffer coming back from the dead like Optimus would. <laughs> Except how... <laughs> It's a convenient way to get rid of that junk. Like, well, what use did it have for Well, it? no, wait, the whole ship comes back with Optimus somehow, so... I mean, they, I don't know. Oh, his Japanese name is Drag, because that's what he is to the entire Autobot <laughs> team. A drag. Oh, this poor bot. Uh, so, Sammy, do you want to read the quote and description for Ironhide, our second yeah. spotlight character? Who is the yeah. red, the red RV Autobot? Who's old, the oldest Cybertron warrior on the team? Yeah, Iron Hyatt's quote: "High tech circuitry is no replacement for guts." His description: "Go chew on a microchip." Is Iron Hyatt's slogan. Prefers action to words. Oldest, toughest, most battle-tested Autobot. Bodyguard to Optimus Prime. In charge of guarding anything of importance. Gruff but kind. Trithelium steel skin makes him nearly invulnerable to attack. Are we sure about that? Is it, is it the guy that tripped sure. on, tripped and hit his knee and leaked oil everywhere in the first episode. <laughs> Shoots variety of liquids from super cooled nitrogen to superheated lead. Has sonar, radar, and radio wave detectors. Slowest and most fragile of the group. Hold on. How, how is he the most fragile if he has trithelium steel skin? Well, I think they were trying to say that he's slow, but he's near invulnerable. You know, so. No, well, that's not. Fragile? It's No, what they're saying is literally the opposite of what they just said. <laughs> There's no explaining that. <laughs> fragile emotion. Uh and also, bodyguard to Optimus Prime. I thought he, I've never seen that come up, ever. I feel like aren't we all the bodyguard to Optimus Prime? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. they mean like second hand, second in command kind of thing. Yeah, in the show, he is the second in command. Yeah, that's how. It I is. don't think we ever see him actually lead if Optimus is gone. You know, for like the day or whatever. So I okay, this just blew my mind when I read his character spotlight because then I remembered the episode. He shoots. Supercooled nitrogen, according to his description, right? In the episode he that we just watched, he grabs supercooled nitrogen from the wall in Shockwave's lab, blows up the wall, and escapes, which he didn't need to do because that was his power. <laughs> Somewhere along the way of passing notes from here to Japan, something got messed up in the translation, and they didn't know that it was actually supposed to be part of him, so they just added it to the wall. I definitely, I did definitely notice that. I mean, I guess it didn't make sense that that they could just grab that from the wall. I guess that's something that Shockwave would use to guard the space bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's weird. He has so many powers. We saw him use a freeze gun. I think next episode he uses a sticky gun. And he had a water gun in a previous episode. How is he not the ultimate Transformer? Because he's he too fragile. he forgetting that he has these powers. <laughs> So, That's the fun, real downfall. So, fun fact, his name comes from the detective show Ironside, and his personality came from the main character on that show, according to the creator. Huh, did not know that. Also, Ironhide was one of two toys that were not from the original, the line in Japan. It, it, he, he came from another line where humans drove the cars, so when it came to America, they took the human out, and everybody got a sticker of Ironhide's face that they put on the glass windshield when he transformed. I am not even kidding. Huh. So uh, him and Ratchet were the only two that were released like this. To get a sticker? Yeah. And for some reason, 
he was sold in the U.S. before Transformers in a black version before they knew they were going to make him into the show. Why? I don't know. It's like from a separate agreement, like getting toys over here before they knew they were going to make toys with some of the same characters or others, like kind of the way Shockwave also, because that also happened to Shockwave. He was sold before the show. Maybe they really cared about the lore and just had to make sure that he was the oldest Transformer. <laughs> uh, Sammy, you want to read his fate after the movie? Sure. <clears throat> so uh, he's one of the oldest Autobots, but one of the first to die on the ship that was heading to Autobot City, and Megatron blows his brains out. Yeah, that was that first shot, wasn't it? Yep. Uh <laughs> <laughs> his graves also later found in the same Autobot graveyard ship as Huffer. He was later drawn to Headmasters in two episodes as an error. The movie still wasn't out in Japan when Headmasters was airing. But then the Japanese comics have him alive and well, so do the fan-made comics after the movie. So uh, he's okay. He's yeah. all right. Look, I just... I, Ironhide was cool. He did not deserve to die like that. Yeah. I just like... He always talks like like a Southerner. Uh. He's a good boy. <laughs> He's like, now wait just a darn tootin' minute. He's like, that looks like a Decepticon. I'm gonna shoot it with water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Water doesn't do anything to us. <laughs> Charlie, would you like to read our character spotlight for this episode? The character spotlight is the Autobot known as Jazz. Autobot known as Jazz? Do I know this Autobot? He's the one who kind of talks with a smooth voice. He's like, hey, my jiving people. Wow. <laughs> Jazz the jive talking white and black Porsche. The original toy packaging, he had a quote and a biography. And then we also go after his fate after the movie, assuming that he lived from it. And then also any more fun facts about him that we discovered. Okay. So continue oh, whenever you are ready. Okay, so the like, supposed to packaging biography. Jazz loves Earth culture. Always looking to learn more. His knowledge of Earth makes him indispensable. An indispensable right-hand man to Optimus Prime. Takes most dangerous missions. Very cool, very stylish, very competent. Competent? I'm in his about a robot. <laughs> Equipped with a photon rifle, flamethrower. Spectrum Beacon. 180 decibel stereo speakers. Yeah, now that's what I'm talking about. Oh Fuck God. out. <laughs> <laughs> it's dazzling, disorienting sound and light shows. Versatile, clear, clever, daring, but prone to be distracted. I would too if I had some speakers and probably some rims and whatever this guy has. Just Frankly, I think this has it. been the most accurate biography so far. He really does do all that. Yeah. I mean, isn't he the one that break dances in the later episodes anyway? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but with style, don't bother doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's even that just fits too. Like, yeah, they got that pretty accurate or decided it was appropriate for the cartoon. <laughs> so let's see uh, his fate after the movie. So Jazz was in the movie on one of the Cybertron's moons with Bumblebee and adult Spike. Ooh, Spike is an adult. <laughs> I think he's already an adult, but <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, initially thought when Unicron ate the moon, being processed inside Unicron, 
and the other characters saved him before he could be melted. Then participated in the Galactic Olympics. Okay. And continued to fight in Headmasters and actually showed up in many episodes. What? The Headmasters is a Japanese sequel to Transformers Season 3. And he is actually one of the few Season 1 Autobots that shows up from time to time. Okay, but that is not that can be confusing. That's just another show. You need to explain what the Galactic Olympics are. Yeah, what what I, are the, that's that what was, was too mad. much. I think it's just a random G, G3 episode, I think. Or are there other it? aliens? Like, do cyber, the, the Cybertronians meet other aliens? Are, are humans aware of other aliens? I have no idea. It depends on whatever continuity you're in. Who knows? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is he participating as a robot or a car? I, I, you know what? I didn't go into too much depth. I was just seeing if he lived. and then you just skip right over the Galactic Olympics park shot? That's what you did? <laughs> I am so confused. <laughs> but you have you seen the movie, uh, Charlie? The old school Transformers movie, like the yes, yeah. I don't remember the Olympics though. Oh no, I was just saying because Spike is an adult at that point and is married and has a kid in that future. That that was him as the as a kid. I didn't pay attention to the kid. <laughs> I, I thought it was the same guy. I thought it was a dad and son. I can't remember who the kid was. I have to go back and watch that. But did um, they turn him into a motorcycle? Was he a motorcycle yet in that movie? Oh, he does Daniel become is. a motorcycle, just like they said in this episode. <laughs> I thought it was Daniel, not Spike. Yeah, well, if Spike is on the moon, you think he dies with Bumblebee and Jazz. No, no, I mean, the, I, I mean the, the motorcycle bit. <laughs> yeah. Does somebody actually get turned into a motorcycle? Dan- yeah, I thought Daniel it was Daniel. Outfit and he becomes yeah. like a motorcycle to get away from like, you what? know, Cyclonus yeah. or somebody. Or yeah, certain. because Rodimus is like, hey, you just got to think about transforming and you'll transform. And he's like, I'm trying. And then eventually does. Wait, he turns this into a car though. He's not movie? motorcycle. No, he turns yeah. into a car and then it goes, dare, dare to be. A-. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. It, 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 uh, who knows? <laughs> Anyways, we ain't talking about the movie. Well, we are talking about the movie. Anyway, but, like- so after the Olympics. <laughs> Okay, I can't read this next part. There's some some weird stuff in here. Um, we try. Um, okay, so okay, his yeah. last animated appearance. Typos everywhere. Sorry, <laughs> I was trying to get this done at the last minute. According to okay. a pack, pack in story, I guess. <laughs> what? Yeah. Sorry. Right. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll just word it. His his last canon appearance after Headmasters is a pack in story with some action figures that say 15 years later. He's still fighting with Grimlock and Bumblebee, and they're fighting against another returned Starscream. Starscream's a good boy, and he doesn't deserve to die. Because <laughs> he keeps coming back. Yes. And apparently he possesses an angel from Evangelion with his ghost form in this random crossover I just discovered, actually. You know what? I'm stoked for it. <laughs> and by crossover, I mean a paragraph of text four times, and that's all it is. I'm just oh. like, okay, I guess that's a crossover. Thanks. I was like, what's the point if it's just going to be this small text story like this? Yeah, it's a little weird. So anyway, that was Jazz. Do you guys like Jazz, the character in the actual show? Yeah, I mean, he's pretty cool. He's jiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't. Yeah. I feel like there's not a whole lot of him in these first 15 episodes. Yeah, I feel like really... he's definitely more prominent in season two for some reason. Yeah, he doesn't really stand out to me. Having not watched pretty much all of G1, 
I at least know about breakdancing part. Like I've seen that a lot. <laughs> I seem to remember that from my childhood, but I haven't in these first few episodes, season one, I haven't seen it. So yeah. It's also like a part where they're setting themselves on the beach a lot. And <laughs> I was expecting to see that, but I haven't seen them do that yet either. So <laughs> I will start with this jazz fact and we can see if we want to cut it or not. Because when oh. the Power of the Primes jazz figure was released a few years ago, there were four letters that were only millimeters tall under the Autobot symbol. People assumed they were Cybertronian because it was small, but after they compared lots of pictures from other people who bought it, it actually said MAGA under it from the Trump campaign. When it was brought to Hasbro's attention, they discovered that it was inserted by a vendor without their authorization, and they were addressing the vendor and apologized to everyone offended because they do not intend for their toys to carry political messages. That's, That's awkward. Weird. Yeah. Strange. I would be freaking pissed uh, for anyone that does something like that to my product if I was like Hasbro. Yeah, I feel like the bigger corporations, they try to... The ones that care about selling stuff and not being in the middle of, uh, of boycotts and all that kind of stuff, they try to stay away from politics 100%. And then for just some random vendor, I guess they were the people who printed the packaging or something. Yeah, I would fire that person if you'd find out who that Yeah, was. I'm sure that they, if they weren't being sued, they're definitely not being worked with again. And that's like the actions of one individual causing possible dropping a major company not working for your company anymore because of one person. Oh, well, that happens a lot. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, Sammy, you want to read the next fun fact? Yeah. So his original design is based on a Martini racing Porsche, the same one that won the first circuit of the 1976 World Championship for makes? Makes? The Mugello Cup. I, okay. Yeah, I have no idea why it's worded that way either. So, Well, I just like, I don't know how to pronounce these names, so sorry I butchered them. <laughs> I think it's a Capello mug. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> That was a quality joke for a Transformers episode. Um, <laughs> though his sticker was purposely misspelled as Martini with two eyes to avoid copyrights. <laughs> That's all Tom it takes? Is just a typo? Hey. <laughs> yes. All right, Thomas, next one. His original figure, though also available in stores in 1984, in 1985, he, he was only available as a mail-in order for Cookie Crisp cereal. A <laughs> uh, PVC figure was also available through Boss Coffee. Japan only in 2008. Mm. So did he get, was his face like on billboards with Tommy Lee Jones when they were selling Boss Coffee together? <laughs> I've actually had Boss Coffee now for the first time when I was in Japan because they make milk teas over there and they're actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't drink coffee, but when I went to Japan, I was drinking the, the canned coffees all the time. They're good. Like, they're so good. I, well, I don't drink the coffees, but I drank their Boss Coffee teas. Even though they're okay. not coffee in the teas, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think I tried Boss Coffee, but the main reason I was getting into the coffee stuff is because of uh, Twin Peaks. For whatever reason, was super popular in Japan. Well, I don't know about super popular, but but popular enough that they wanted to have them do commercials, and they just had them doing Georgia Coffee commercials constantly. <laughs> so when I went to Japan, I was like, I need to get canned Georgia Coffee because I don't think Georgia Coffee exists anymore in the U.S. I don't think. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I'm not a coffee drinker. Well, Thomas, if you like Boss Coffee, they actually sell the Boss Coffee at H Mart or Lotte, but they don't have the Boss Coffee teas. So I was I was sad about that. They only bring the two main coffee flavors over that they know people will buy. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, Charlie, you want to read the next fact? There are two strange variants of jazz. First is an all orange generation two design that was scrapped. The second is a fully gold version of jazz called Meister Gold version in 2002 that was available from eHobby. Hmm. A gold version, yeah. yeah. I just think that's pretty weird for jazz. Huh. So there's an orange version, and well, it says it was scrapped. So did they? Yeah, there was there was a lot of Generation Two designs that didn't make it to actual market, but they have the designs of the art, and then sometimes even like prototype figures that were never actually released to market. Oh, hmm, interesting. At least after a certain year, are now called Autobot Jazz because jazz is a normal word and thus cannot be copyrighted. Oddly, however, a few figures then named him Meister instead of jazz. I, I don't know why that happens because I don't know <laughs> if Meister is copyrightable. I mean, and then and then because wouldn't it need to be Autobot Meister for it to exactly? Be I mean, that yeah. is just a regular word, right? Yeah. And uh, one thing that's hilarious is there were jazz rubber figures that were sold with candies, and I think a few other ones were but he himself is not candy he's just made of rubber don't eat him (laughs) (laughs) oh you get a rubber figure and some candy yeah sammy you want to finish off with uh an alternate name that he had in two places so his italian name is tiger he is also called marshall in the hong kong english dub of headmasters because everybody's dub name is ridiculous (laughs) and when i mean ridiculous they're just actually normal names but, you know, I don't want normal names on our robots. But yeah, that's our uh, character spotlight. And and that is basically our episode. If so, unless someone wants to talk more about jazz. Yeah, Wait, let's no. talk about jazz by way of the Galactic Olympics. So let's really go <laughs> into that, Sean. <laughs> we got Mirage. His saying on the back. The quote-unquote main character of episode three. Yes, the first person to get a main character, he actually has a character, character arc, arc, which is something we will only see from time to time. Well, Starscream had a character arc of sorts, where he's like, your time's coming, Megatron. It's almost over. I'm going to take over. And Four next times? episode, I'm going to take over. The fourth time, the third, fourth time, he finally does it. And he changes from ambitious second-in-command to sniveling Toad, who, who's begging for life. That's an arc, right? <laughs> it's inverse, but it's an arc. <laughs> and he and he st- shot at Mirage because his heart was in the right place, right? Yep. Okay, so Mirage's saying is, who and what I am, I hide from the enemy. His description is, Mirage is not thrilled about being an Autobot freedom fighter. He prefers hunting turbo foxes on Cybertron with his high-priced friends. Effective fighter, more effective intelligence gatherer. He has an electric disruptor that can cast illusions, altering his physical placement and appearance for up to six minutes. Expert marksman with armor-piercing rocket dart hunting rifle. Rocket dart? Unsure of the Autobot cause. Can't be fully trusted. What? (laughs) They're not? Wow. (laughs) So... That actually will come into play in a future episode, but I'll talk about it then when it occurs. Yeah, okay. Because I, I think I have a feeling of what you're hinting at a little in bit. In which he'll become a main character again. I'm sure. Because yeah. he might be the only one with two char- main <laughs> character entries on this list. <laughs> a quick information about his toy is his toy was made to be put in Optimus Prime's trailer with a little hatch that you could shoot him out of the trailer, which I find hilarious. Him and one other figure could do that. Roller. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mirage is actually a Formula One race car model that actually existed in the real world. Oh, so that's what it's for. I, I do recall, you know, like like an actual, like, 
top of the line like race car rolling around with the Autobots. I wasn't sure who that was. But it actually has references to stuff in the real world. I looked these up here and the it, it says Liger on the back of his on his car, which is a real racing company. Um, second is Kleins, which is a parody of a French cigarette company because, you know, kids need to know stuff like that. <laughs> and then there's a dancing gypsy on Mirage down here near his body, which is a reference to a similar logo for uh, an auto company. And then Elf on him is a reference to an oil company. Okay. So he's got like four references on his body. But the uh, the weirdest thing about Mirage is he's the only Transformer of the original Generation 1 toy line that never got re-released because his original mold was damaged or lost. Oh, wow. I guess when you try to look, go into Toys R Us in the 2000s when they started re-releasing Soundwave and Optimus on how they originally looked, mm-hmm. you couldn't find him because they didn't exist anymore. Instead, they used a GoBot mold and called it Mirage <laughs> when Generation 2 came out. And apparently, they incorporate stuff like this into continuity by saying that this GoBot was a clone of Mirage, even though he looked nothing like Mirage. And then that affected a future cartoon where that guy showed up looking exactly like that. That's really weird. And I'm just like, wow. And it's just like, yeah. Anytime a toy comes out, they try to make it part of the continuity, even despite all the real-world occurrences that go on behind the scenes. After the movie, what happened to Mirage? Well, he got killed by Megatron in a deleted scene. (laughs) so much for a main character getting killed off screen <laughs> yeah they were actually storyboards that show him getting destroyed but this can't be used as proof of canon again but we can just assume he died based on him not showing up again however he does show up in the japanese headmasters cartoon in one episode without any dialogue but you can just rack this up to animation error probably should and you shouldn't really count stuff like that as continuity but yeah and he also appears in the japanese manga but since those take place pre-movie those don't count all right. What are your final thoughts on that trilogy? That's good, huh? Definitely thought that was a good start, a good introduction to the series. Today's character is the final character for all the Generation 1s, Optimus Prime. I want to read this here. His quote, what you've known to be associated with and I can already see, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. And the description on his first action figure Optimus Prime is the largest, strongest, and wisest of all Autobots. Feels his role is the protection of all life, including Earth life. Fights unceasingly to defeat the Decepticons. Splits into three autonomous modules, Optimus Prime, the brain center known as the Commander. Roller, the Autobot scout car, a spy who operates up to 1,200 miles away. And Autobot Headquarters, the combat deck equipped with a versatile mechanical artillery robot. Injury to one module is felt by the other two. His fate after the movie, I was just going to do the same thing I did with Megatron last episode. See if I can remember everything that happened to him. Let's see. He dies. He comes back to life as a zombie in season three, only to die again. Uh, Then a Quintesson has to bring him back again when all the Decepticons and Autobots are infected with a rage virus. Then in the Japanese show, he dies again. Uh, I forget how. Is it because Cybertron explodes? No, because Mega Galvatron survived that. I forget. He somehow dies again. And this time it's so the Headmasters can take over. And then Rodimus is like, I'm leaving. Peace out. I'm going to go explore space because I don't want to be the Prime again. Now Optimus is dead again. Again. And then uh, for some reason... Optimus shows up, but it's not Optimus. In Master Force, it's like 
it's unexplainable for a long time and they're like oh yeah it was add-on to optimus that somehow gained its own sentient life force through uh whatever the plot was for master force (laughs) so and then later after the cartoons are over optimus is brought back to life again during the last storybooks from the last figure line where he comes back to life to fight super megatron and i think somewhere in between there he like I don't know. Other stuff might happen from mangas. Who knows? All I know is he dies a lot and comes back within just this one continuity. And a fun fact for you, Thomas, for Beast Wars, according to the Beast Wars TV show, after the war, the showrunners originally written Optimus had become a space explorer after the end of the war. But of course, they never had a place to actually put that in the show itself. So Optimus wasn't their dad? (laughs) No. (laughs) Wasn't the dad of the Beast Wars, guys? (laughs) The Beast Wars beasts? They don't really use that injury to one is felt by all pretty much at all in the TV show. I don't ever see his trailer truck getting injured and him going, oh, I felt that while he's fighting somewhere else. Otherwise, the Decepticons would be shooting that all the time to injure him more. Well, yeah, I was going to say they don't really shoot at it that much anyway. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they miss half the time, like in this episode. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, when they were trying to shoot Roller. Yeah. His quote, that has even made it into live-action movies, and even in all the other canon, is probably the most memorable quote from all of the Transformer figures, followed by Megatron's Peace Through Tyranny quote. Did you think of Optimus's death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth in the Generation 1 continuity? I'm sure at one point he gets resurrected by Black Balls. He turns into a five-part, you know, gestalt figure with other people. I don't know if he, like, lived and died through that again, too. Who knows? It gets crazy, and I didn't research. This is just Sean's memory for this one. Very comic booky. <laughs> yes. Where they can't commit to actually killing off Prime. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Prime what I characters. like. That's why I like. Uh, I remember talking to my sister. She played Kingdom Hearts three a few months when it came out, and I was like, "Oh yeah, all those people are dead." And she's like, "Sean, nobody dies in Kingdom Hearts." Nobody. <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <laughs> it's like they all come back somehow. I'm just like, "Okay, yeah." Even that is like so ridiculous, over the top comic booky that Kingdom Hearts bought, and they treat it so seriously. That's why it's so awesomely amazing bad that i can't stop watching playing them but who wants to take some optimus prime fun facts you guys want to alternate between the paragraphs i've written here sure all right let's let's learn about optimus prime denny o'neill named optimus prime before bob budensky i screwed up his name took over budiansky how do you Mm -hmm. how do you pronounce that i think it's budiansky or budiansky I Um, I always need to check, too. Optimus is Latin for best, whereas the Pax in Orion Pax is Latin for peace. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that I said that right. That might be Pa. (laughs) It's Orion Pax. That's who Optimus was before he became Optimus. Okay. He was this other machine man before he got restructured. So, Thomas... In Japan, his name is Convoy, because in the original Diaclone toy line, he was called Battle Convoy. 
so Convoy was retained in the Transformers line. It wasn't until the first live-action Transformers movie that he was named Optimus Prime in Japan in the movie's Japanese dub and on action figures. You guys want to alternate? Oh, in Japan, Optimus would normally say, I have a good idea. That continues into other continuity versions of Japanese Optimus. And what a great catchphrase. <laughs> They'll just put it over one of his other dialogue lines, I'm assuming. <laughs> in 1985 an Optimus Prime with Pepsi on his tractor trailer was released it would be the last time in 2007 a new version was released that allowed Optimus's trailer to hold your own Pepsi bottle <laughs> and this isn't the end of other company crossovers there's also an Optimus that turns into a Nike shoe also from 2007 one where his trailer turns into an iPod speaker Three different versions of that across 2007 and 2008. And he's even been an official company's watch and cell phone. And then there's also that PlayStation version I remember I mentioned before where he's a PlayStation and a Megatron's a Genesis. <laughs> the Pepsi one is hilarious because it's just a sticker of Pepsi on the already existing mold of Optimus in the 80s, right? Sweet. <laughs> but the, two, the 2007 one, you basically put the Pepsi down vertically and it sits on as like a scoop area thing that holds pepsi bottles it's hilarious wow <laughs> so you could use it to hold any bottle actually just to like rest somewhere originally optimus's designer was falling behind so other takara designers came in to finish the design where in the diaclone line he looks almost exactly the same as he does in the transformers figures Though he had two blue fists that attached to his windows, these windows originally being designed to fit human figures inside before that idea was abandoned before production. His gun was designed oddly so that when on his arm, he cannot lift it to point the gun straight ahead. Ah, uh, sad. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it's exactly the same, but when I looked at the image, I was like, I can't see anything different between the pre one and then the uh, the actual Transformers release one. And they're probably all minute details that are like eight paragraphs long. But I'm like, you know what? If it's not that obvious, kind of like it looks similar enough. I guess it wouldn't have been as fun to play with if you couldn't actually point the gun. Just have him stand around with it <laughs> yeah in danish his name was primus optimus in canada in the figures he was optimus primo but optimus primus in the cartoons in italian he is simply commander and in hungarian it, it translates to optimus chief in portuguese there are two, three versions which translate to optimus supreme leader optimus and the first optimus and the Taiwanese literally translates to Invincible Iron Ox. <laughs> Face plant. <laughs> and in Ukraine, their translation is basically Optimus the best. That's so Eastern European. <laughs> those last are the best, like Optimus the best or Invincible Iron Ox. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Megatron still had the best name. What was that? the best. <laughs> Big Mega. Big Mega, yeah. Uh, uh. So 
this next one it says oh so optimus was originally written into my little pony movie script where one of the ponies was supposed to have asked him for help but then he refuses for some reason and then they also wrote gi joe's shipwrecked in there being asked to get gi joe's help and they would have also rejected the pony but apparently shipwreck was also supposed to be drunk as well but uh hasbro told him to remove both cameos from the my little pony movie like from the script like they never even got animated oh man i can't see how that would have worked anyway yeah (laughs) just throw all the hasbro characters in there i mean Mm -hmm. it's not like my little pony watchers would be that interested in gi joe well besides me maybe i did watch all those shows um but yeah that that would have been pretty pretty awkward Okay, Optimus originally had a pure gold design from the original mold for the 35th anniversary, but it was canceled. Funnily enough, it would have been on a trophy stand, and you can still transform him on it. However, a rare gold version was made in 2004 for a contest. Only around 10 to 20 are assumed to have been made, as well as a 2018 gold version meant to look like his coloring in the Golden Lazo- uh, Golden Lagoon episode. Everybody wants their pure gold action figures. The original Beast Wars figure of Optimus Prime was a blue bat. This was because the figures were made to be a continuation of the same war with the same characters before the Beast Wars fiction was finalized. And I wanted to show you guys something. So here is... Is it some kind of like Happy Meal toy or something? No. This, I mean, it's uh, very it's very complicated and intricate, so that probably wouldn't... This is too expensive for a Happy Meal. I might just have to go to the wiki page and look at that picture um, really quickly. Which would be... No. Um, hurry, quick. Basically, there are these like little mini ones where... In the second image, this is from a line called Coro Q Optimus. You can tell there he doesn't actually transform. So you just clip the trailer around the entire body and boom, you've got an Optimus. So weird. But the design is actually kind of interesting. Like it actually looks good on both forms. Did you post that, Sean? Oh, in the Discord. The second image came first. And then I think later they also made a the first picture I showed you which is the Q Transformers, which I've shown you guys before, where some of them look really good and some of them look like crap. Like, I have the Rodimus one, which is fun and really blocky, but that one actually has moving pieces that also really do transform. But, I don't know, those are kind of cool little fun mini ones, I thought. I thought you guys might get a kick out of those. Yeah, it looks like his legs are just gone. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be chibi. I don't... Mm-hmm think so well or maybe it is <laughs> but yeah. either he's on his knees or his legs got just crushed and compacted into his body <laughs> they're stuffed into his feet yeah <laughs> or what they should have done is just put like telescoping legs so that when you have it in robot form you just click those out and he's standing at least a little bit taller than that <laughs> <laughs> It looks like he has a whole lot more moving parts than my Rodimus one, like who just stands still. But then, oh wait, maybe my Rodimus is the Chrono Q figure and not the actual Q other for, one. 
for all of that going on with the design, the semi truck doesn't even look like a semi either, though. The semi truck is like really chibi and short, too. That's yeah. weird. Thomas, you want to read the next to last paragraph? In 2010, Japan released a completely dead Optimus Prime colored as he was in the movie, but called it Sleep Mode. It included a translucent see through trailer, a transparent gray. I'm going to turn into Galvatron. Megatron was also released. Here, kids, relive your dead hero. I'm like, ah, what would be that? What's the point of releasing Optimus colored exactly as he is dead in the movie? See a picture of that. That sounds pretty cool. Like translucent see-through trailer. (laughs) Yeah, that was 2010, so it was probably selling it to like older folks. Yeah. Okay. So Charlie, read this last paragraph to see what other. Figures have crossed over with Transformers. Okay. There exists an Optimus colored like an Eva from Evangelion. Due to this, the text story crossovers, he's also colored like Ryu from Street Fighter X Transformers line. And let's see, in the My Little Pony one, however, he is now a pony painted with his Optimus colors. Oh, that's awful. Um, <laughs> in addition, <laughs> there's also a Ghostbuster influence design with the Ghostbusters logo on it. I wonder what that looks like. That one actually is a cool design. I was also forgetting the, uh, what's it called? That Star Wars Transformers crossover that happened like 10 or 15 years ago that you showed us on one of the podcasts, Thomas. Cool. I like the Ghostbusters Optimus Prime. That is pretty sweet. <laughs> I want that. Use Dead Optimus to go with the uh, Optimus uh, one. And he could be like, you know, hunting himself for original Optimus. Oh, God. Sleep mode. I want to see it. (laughs) Here's Optimus Pony. Even has an Autobot symbol on his booty. The tail is a different color than the mane. Uh, That's one of those modern ponies, too. It's not quite like... I was hoping for one of those traditional My Little Ponies. That's more like the, you know, the new ponies that are less cute, more uh, parody ponies. Yeah. The Optimus Prime one is where he's the Ghostbusters. The design of the trailer is pretty cool, but he just, I think it's from the comic book. Or maybe they made the toy first and then put it in the comic. Oh my God, it comes with a Slimer. Yeah, I like that. The Slimer is actually attaches to him. And that was <laughs> actually pretty cool. Oh God, he's got a giant big trap that he can fit in his Optimus hands for hunting bigger ghosts. Right. The Ghostbuster should have got his help from the beginning. (laughs) But here you go. Here is dead Optimus, AKA sleep mode Optimus. Cause you know, he's going to come back. So now technically he's not dead. Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. It looks cool. Clear uh, or translucent trailer isn't doing what I thought it was going to do for me, though. <laughs> that just doesn't match. It's like a, it's the wrong color of gray. They should have made it like a smoke clear gray, I think. Yeah, if they're going to do that translucent thing, then they should just made all of it like. Yeah, or make, make it all of it kind of like ethereal, kind of like Optimus half existing, fading away kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but otherwise, if they're if they're going to be like the movie, then he should just be all gray this is a much bigger image if you click on the picture itself you can see much more on what what it looks like inside of him as well as all his items yeah that's cool 
it's kind of it is it definitely is an interesting concept yeah that's it for optimus i think he's got a whole like 80 pages of merchandise that i'm like yeah i'm not looking through this i just thought it was interesting how there's a lot of crossover stuff being made lately i mean i knew they were doing a lot with the comics the last six seven years i didn't realize they were also making like crossover figures other than that one star wars one so that's it guys we've actually through the course of this podcast gone through every single character introduced in season one of the transformers in the cartoon even doing character quotes and descriptions for characters that are in season one but whose figures weren't released until 1985 like the insecticons and the constructicons any last words on optimus prime i mean one day i feel like we should do a whole episode of just optimus prime or megatron or both i have a question about the hat you were talking about earlier and was this a normal baseball cap or was this more like one of those Ash Ketchum like beer hats or something? <laughs> oh, no, this is the way he's designed by the animation studio. OK, he looks like he's wearing a baseball cap, like a, a, helmet, a, a baseball helmet, like a baseball like... helmet. And I'm kind of oh, okay. like, I, why don't they why didn't they ever make something like that? I'm pretty sure I would have loved that as a kid. So next up, we have character spotlight, Prowl. Prowl is the police car with the double-mounted missile launcher on his shoulders. Blue Streak also looks like him. Why is that? There's two police Autobots? Uh, I don't think Blue Streak is actually a police car. He just has the same model design. Oh, okay. We did do Blue Streak way early on in our podcast as his own figure. Is he a race car or he's just like a supercar kind of looking thing? I don't know. But if you look up, Charlie, if you type in Prowl Transformer, Transformers in the Google search, you will be able to see a picture of Prowl. He's got the two red like little mini horns on his faceplate, not to be confused with the red horns on Cliff Jumper, (laughs) who is all red. That's weird. I typed that in and it said no results. (laughs) What? Prowl Transformers? Yeah, I don't know why. That's that because duh, that's what it would it would tell me. There we go. I don't know why it didn't come up before. It's weird. Oh, Prowl also has the uh the red horn things. He and Blue Streak both have them. So I guess Cliff Jumper also has the red horns. Well, no, his are actual horns coming out of the side of his head. Prowl's just has a on his faceplate little horny horn like wings that are on his forehead. So the wings do have kind of a horned tip on them, each of them. Mm -hmm. Why does he have wings anyway? Well, well, they're car doors is what they are. They're they're like shoulder pauldrons. They have um, actual handles on them for the car doors. Opening the door. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So who would like to read the quote and description of Prowl's original toy bios? I'll pick it up. Okay. So his toy quote was logic is the ultimate weapon. In this description, Prowl will keep at a task for as long as it takes, strives to find reason and logic in everything. A listener, not a talker, has the most sophisticated logic center of all Autobots, able to analyze and advise on complex situations almost instantaneously, fires wire-guided missiles and high corrosive acid pellets. The unexpected can often scramble his circuits. You remember when we read that children's book where... Decepticons had a construction company and they were actually going to kidnap like 
96 buildings across the world and take them hostage. And when they're looking at that map, Prowl is like, can't comprehend the Decepticons being deceptive and it scrambles his circuits. And there's just this giant long sentence of him going, rah, 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 because his circuits are scrambled because <laughs> he couldn't comprehend what was happening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they must have gotten this from this description. I had never realized that. That's why that's why he did that when I was a kid. And I was like, what is this? Uh, maybe if I'd only bought the toys like the show told me to. I mean, how does he not comprehend the Decepticons being deceptive? Logic <laughs> is the ultimate weapon. Uh, do you think that is him in the show? His description? Uh, when I was reading, I was just thinking, it was like, you know what? I don't really recall a lot of Prowl talking and like taking prominent like I don't know roles in different episodes in several in multiple or or in a lot of different episodes. So I guess that part maybe is true. Do they just take artistic liberties here <laughs> since he doesn't actually have any lines most times? Or... Yeah, I do remember Blue Streak showing up a lot because I do remember him and Prowl being prominent in the Chip episode where he takes over like one of their bodies because the guy can't function or something, but. I, that's the last time I ever really see them, you know, being in your face. Like all the other time, they're just in the background or fighting with everybody else. Yeah. So the the uh, the other part of his character description is definitely false. Where, <laughs> well, maybe maybe he is able to analyze and advise on the situations, but he never actually does that in the show. He never uses that ability. Yeah, it feels uh, like it, Prowl would be Optimus's right hand man because we definitely see. That Megatron has Starscream as second in command, and Soundwave is his, um, I don't know, co- combat advisor or other second in command some way. But the Autobots don't actually have a chain of command. They just have Optimus, and that's it. Yeah, that's the way it seems. If Optimus goes down, there is nobody who's going to take up the mantle and like lead them. They, yeah, they have nothing like that. Shockwave has shown that multiple times that he be in charge. Or Megatron would put him in charge if he weren't around. And then, you know, Starscream is just there. He'll, he's, he would try to take over. But Starscream has his defined role that he fulfills. Well, you remember there's the one episode where Optimus is on the operating table and everybody's like losing the morale outside. And all it takes uh-huh. is for Optimus Prime to just show up and be like, dudes, I'm alive. And the battle just completely goes in the Autobots' favor to show that Optimus is just this huge rally point. But then when he's gone, you know, Autobots are the Autobots are effed. <laughs> yeah. Though I guess that will eventually change in maybe this season or the next. Because I feel I, like I don't know when Ultra Magnus is in- introduced. After the movie, season three. He seems like he would be a character that would just be like, okay, Optimus is gone. I can be in charge or the leader because I guess Optimus is going to be gone <laughs> and you have Rodimus instead. Yeah, well, I think Ultra Magnus is second in command once Hot Rod becomes Optimus Prime. And Ultra Magnus doesn't have any any problems working for the guy who has the job he was supposed to have. So, <laughs> OK, that that's definitely that would be new to me because I, I, I know nothing. I just I know that he I don't know. I don't know how I observe uh, absorb that the fact that. Ultra Magnus was basically like second in command. He, he definitely fills those shoes. So mm-hmm. I guess there, it'll be interesting to see that beef to have like if, s- some of the, the Starscream vibes on the Autobot side. I'm surprised there's not like an episode where Optimus is like, 
All right, guys, I'm going over here to work with the humans. I'm going to put, uh, uh, let's see, um, Sunstreaker, you're in charge. <laughs> it was like, bye. And then it's like Sunstreaker trying to be a leader for an episode. I don't know. There's no episode of, of that at all in these shows. It's just Optimus is the leader forever. Charlie, do you want to read The Fate of Prowl after the movie? Fate after the movie. Before the movie, Prowl was one of the only ones not infected with the virus and to need a vinyl tech body based on a real vehicle. Wheeljack saw Prowl's death in the future via ravages treachery. Okay. Um, treachery, yeah, sorry. He tried to create a way to separate Prowl's spark into subspace and give him the ability to control other bodies from there. It's not clear if Prowl knew this was happening. However, on a mission where he was near death, Wheeljack forced a transfer of Prowl's spark into a Vinyltech body, but he was lost in subspace. Chip Chase transferred his life essence and merged with Prowl's memories to become Prowl 2. Prowl emerged into a non-change timeline. Dr. Arc-Evil... Um, is that right? <laughs> later, Archivel. Dr. Archivel later used his spark to create a giant monster. Blue Streak of the Vinyl Tech Timeline 1 traveled to this second timeline to warn Prowl of his destabilizing spark, and eventually Prowl returned to the body Chip was in, and Chip returned to his human body, though they are now in the timeline... That does not continue into the movie. Headmasters, etc., right? Well, yeah. So it, it's not clear. It says they are now in the timeline that does not continue into the movie or Headmasters, etc. And I'm like, did he? But then he did end up dying in the movie. So did he return? Is this the one? Or did this take place after the movie? I'm so confused. Died in the movie. <laughs> because it, as we'll see, like if you want to uh, continue the next actual sentence for the movie which you'll see why it doesn't make sense he is the first dramatic death in the movie he is shot by a single blast by scavenger and smoke flows out of his mouth as his eyes slowly fade away and he falls over dead in season three autobot mausoleum is seen and prowl's name is on the cement looking tombs that are cataloged in many rows and columns in headmasters prowl is alive he is stationed on Autobot City on Earth. This is because Japan had not yet seen the movie to know that he had died. Um, but the Vinyltech story was written after this, and yet still doesn't explain who the Prowl was who died, or how he is alive here. I guess <laughs> <laughs> we will have to read this for ourselves one day. He was later converted into a combiner to form... Optimus Maximus with Surprise, Optimus Prime, Sunstreak, Mirage, and Ironhide. He was seen failing to surf in Hawaii. Oh, he was last seen failing to surf in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we have some Prowl fun facts. Did you understand that, Thomas? What did you think of that amazing backstory? Uh, the whole... I... <laughs> I don't think, I mean, Transformers could really do without alternate timeline characters and stuff like that. I mean, I, I assume that none of that's really touched on in the show, but because of the way that things end up, 
those people are essentially are in a separate timeline and man that trying to deal with that on top of all just the weird stuff in transformers that would just be way too much yeah and i'm just like i'm so confused i'm like it's the prowl that died in the movie chip chase prowl but then somehow he's not dead or eh. and then i'm like oh god my brain i was like <laughs> It's like, how did you say he survived in subspace, then came back? Did he come back just to die? I thought the whole point of making up the story was that he's now not dead. And I'm like, uh, whatever. I feel disappointed with movies that go with animes and cartoons because they they always screw up the continuity of the whole thing. I mean, it's like they go to make a movie and some other studio does it and the animation doesn't look the same. and on top of that, the story is just, like, totally different. And that really irks me. I'm like, why Why do they screw it up? Yeah. <laughs> why can't it just go with the, the same thing? The only thing I've seen where I'm like, you know, that really went with it was, like, Pokemon. <laughs> where it's like, okay, now we got backstory on Mewtwo, and they even showed him bursting out of the building in the background. Yeah, all the stuff we saw, you know, in the series that they never, you know, explained there, but save for the movies. They're like, okay, that's cool. He had a spring-loaded gun that shot missiles in Japan, but obviously not in America. Prowl transforms into a Datsun 280ZX turbo sports car. A Mexican release accidentally colored his helmet, arms, and boots black. His mold is the basis for the Blue Streak and Smokescreen molds. Thomas, you want to read the next three fun facts? Prowl had a Beast Wars figure, Lion. That combined with Ironhide and Silverbolt to form Magnaboss. Japan would use this design to create Leo Jr. for their figure and character in the Beast Wars 2 show, changing his head and recoloring his robot body, but the beast stayed the same. Originally in Beast Wars, Cheetor was supposed to be Prowl, and the only evidence in the wild of this is a McDonald's toy where he is now called Panther. More conceptual art showed Prowl was almost a moon buggy for this McDonald's tour line. <laughs> a moon buggy. <laughs> the Autobot Tyco racing set used his hit design for their car robots. One thing that was funny is since I've seen Beast Wars 2, seeing the lion figure that they used as Prowl, I was like, oh God, it's just the same figure with a different head and a little different recoloring. I was like, it's so weird because... That means it was made as a figure first, and then when they made the show, they decided, well, we don't want to use Prowl in the TV show. We're going to make a new character to make him a a son of op- of the new Optimus somehow. I don't know. Son of Optimus? Yeah, his spark gets slightly split and becomes its own Transformer. So this Leo Jr. thinks of himself as the son of the leo of convoy the, and leo convoy yeah. leo convoy is disturbed by this because they don't have you know children in the in their universe <laughs> so, like, uh, so he's he's disturbed for a really good reason it's like sailor wow. moon and rainy <laughs> wow is leo jr like a chibi version of uh no optimus or is he just like a regular size transformer no he's he's basically he is slightly smaller like his head only goes up to where optimus's neck begins but, oh, so he's he's bigger than Bumblebee at least. Yes. <laughs> so, but he does form with Silverbolt and no, they have different names. It's an eagle and this other thing to become Magnaboss. So the three of them always need to merge together to become to, to become the Magnaboss, which is this tra- combiner to help turn the tide of the battle every episode. 
Is that the only combiner in the show? No, there's the recolor of King Poseidon from Godmaster uh, from Master Force shows up in this show. Only now I forget what his name is. Seacons? I don't know. Yeah, it's... you were right though. It, it is Silverbolt. Silverbolt prowling. They had to change Silverbolt because he ended up being a character in Beast Wars, I think. And they didn't want to like make it look like these shows were that connected. I guess who knows? Who knows why they made anything? But uh... in the 1990 Action Masters line, is given a cycle to ride. Everyone gave up their transformation powers in this line. <laughs> a cycle. Okay. He has tons of figures along with many smaller chibi ones. A funny 2007 cancel toy gave him an oversized gun that was actually his size, only horizontal, that would have shot a projectile. In Italian, his name transfer or sorry, translates to Prowler. In China, his name is Police Car. And in Russia, his name translates to Detective. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys like the Prowl character in the show, or is he memorable? That he's a police car, and that part is memorable, but um, whether he actually contributes much to the show, where I'm like, yeah, Prowl, good guy, I like that guy. I, I don't know. I'll have to like, keep a better eye on him to see if he has any things that stand out about him, but... He's not a character that gets a lot of lines, so... <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, he's completely just nothing. He's a nothing character. Wow. Uh, if there, he's, he's just like the... There's a handful of characters where they're just there, you hardly recognize them, they almost never have lines in an episode, and the only time they get... The only time they are actually ever relevant at all is when there's an episode that's like features them prominently yeah and do you remember when we first did the blue streak around episode four or five when i did the character spotlight for blue streak you actually thought we were talking about prowl the first minute or two because because blue streak is more forgettable than prowl is and already prowl is being forgettable by everyone and also what really makes me probably what initially had me mixed up when I hear blue streak, that just makes me think of a police car. For some <laughs> yeah, reason. exactly. Like, the lights and stuff like that, like a police car going oh, fast, chasing after somebody. That and makes they're, more they're sense. Lights. And he looks and like him. So prowl doesn't make sense. It, that doesn't mean anything to me as far as, as police. Well, when I cops mean, are going after uh, criminals, aren't they on the prowl? I know. Oh, they should have changed the names of those characters. Probably that would make more sense. Who would like to read our quote and description for Ratchet? I will. I like Ratchet. <laughs> so uh, Ratchet is the red and white car that turns into an ambulance. Uh, his quote is, you break it, I'll remake it. Uh, his description, Ratchet was the best tool and die man on Cybertron. That is a statement. Uh, in his work bay, he can make anything from a pin to a missile. Repairs injured Autobots, given the right parts. Likes to party. Give back talk, but does any job as well as anyone. Has laser scalpels, arc wielders, electron microscopes, circuit sensors, fluid dispensers at his disposal. Sometimes, his having a good time interferes with his effectiveness. Um, I'm sorry. Likes to party? What? <laughs> Where, where did you? Oh yeah, likes to party. One quick party. question. 
I guess these character descriptions are coming from the toys, the original toys. The, yeah, the, these were on the back of the original toy. Yeah. Who thought they looked at the ambulance and was like, you know what? That's a guy who likes to party. The ambulance, <laughs> aka the doctor, aka what? I'm just. I'm also thinking of. I'm totally thinking of Transformers Prime Ratchet and like that one trying to party, which is absolutely hysterical to me. What was his name? His voice actor. Oh, Jeffrey Combs. Yes, uh, Jeffrey Combs is so good. Yes, agreed. Also, uh, apparently, Ratchet's possible names were Cool Hand Lube and Grease Finger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to read it. Wow. Oh my, I have so many facts about Ratchet on this whole page. If you guys want to take turns reading a different sentence. That's that's fine. I just really <laughs> I I also cannot get over cool hand loop. Who looks at a toy? Be like warm hand loop. Who nobody likes cool hand loop. <laughs> Like, well, it could have been worse. He could have been in GoBots, and then he would have just been called HeelBot. No, no, no. Cool, cool hand lube is way worse than anything that GoBots could think of. Like, that is like... GoBot hell. Where, like, it's just... Why was this even an option? Like, that is one of the names where you, like, write it down on the board, and you're like, immediately no, and scribble it out. Nobody ever has to know. Oh my god, that, is that there a Transformer... Existed. Is there a transformer that a, that is a motorcycle and transforms and has a sickle and he's just called motosickle? <laughs> because of course. I want to make that now. I'll make it up yeah, and yeah. pretend he exists on and uh, see if people believe me. Not a GoBot already. We're back to GoBot. <laughs> no, we're not. I was making up something for I Transformers. Mean... Come on. Oh. Sh- so what? Uh, you but want... um, yeah. So uh, so what? <laughs> I was going to say, Sammy, read what his name, how he got his real name. So, uh, uh, so Bob Budiansky eventually named him after Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which, that's actually really cool. I like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Moo's great, too. And in the original notes for his character creation, there are references to Ratched referred to as a her. However, no female Transformers appeared in season one. That's actually really cool that they were still... Th- thinking about having more female Transformers? Yeah, I just, at first it's like, oh, of course, only the healer bot is going to be the female. And then, yeah. but then of course, they just remove females altogether. So I'm like, okay. I wonder who looked at that and said no females in this first season uh, I mean, when they were I first they making were, that. They were more so trying to not have the male and female aspect of alien robots. They were just like, no, they're just all a gender or whatever. Like, they don't they don't particularly have a gender, but like, you know, kids in society are like, those are definitely guy robots. So, <laughs> yeah, ugh, that didn't really work out as planned. It didn't help that they had no females voicing any of the robots to have that distinction. Yeah. Like, you didn't just have a random transformer being voiced by female to give the impression that, oh, these can sound like anyone because they're not male or female. Exactly. And there was definitely, like, in the 80s, there were a bunch of really good female voice actors that could have filled in roles. So it's kind of like, eh, that that seems like a wasted opportunity. Thomas, you want to read some more uh, fun facts about Ratchet? 
looking at Ratchet's figure is weird. He turns into a mini base with two guns in it. Also, he had no head since his form was from a different line where human drivers were placed inside. So he was given a sticker of his face to put on his windshield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Due to the inability to copyright the word Ratchet, he also appears as Autobot Ratchet. No, read that, read that again. Uh, <laughs> the second part. You didn't say always. That's so it makes it sound weird. Oh, sorry. Due to the inability to copyright the word ratchet, he always appears as Autobot Ratchet. I missed your words, so now I'm gonna just overdo it. <laughs> <laughs> if I cut all of that before now, it's not gonna make any sense why you emphasized it. <laughs> no, it's fine, just leave it. Uh, this is like me speaking, so I'll read this. I found it hilarious that when they released the Michael Bay Ratchet, released that figure with the original red and white colors, but with the movie design, but then re-released the 1984 Ratchet and colored him the green of the live-action movies. That is just kind of some bizarre, but also actually pretty good marketing, assuming you're a fan of both the movies and the original. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably a pretty safe... I still hate point. Bayformers, so... You want to read the last uh, last fun fact about Ratchet? Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Where's Thomas? In the cartoon, his facial design was helmet white, crest black. In the Marvel comics, it was helmet red, crest white. Even in the IDW comics today, artists still switch between both by accident within the same issue even. But then they recolor them from the trade paperbacks. I guess the artist watching both and just never remembered what his actual two colors are. Whoopsie doodle. Talking about like the same artist that makes this mistake or just. No, it's multiple artists. Okay. It's just multiple guys just kind of doing their own thing. I see. Multiple guys. That's how it is. You think only guys work on Transformer comic books. Is that what you're thinking, Thomas? No, I'm just oh messing with you. Oh my God. <laughs> Do not put that on me. <laughs> So, hey, guys, the fade after the movie. Well, no, I just think it's funny that there's someone whose job is continuity before each of the trade paperbacks. Just goes over and verifies, double checks that no errors were done in the artistic designs. Yeah, I, I would want that job. His fade after the movie. He was the first group killed in the opening five minutes aboard the Autobot ship. Smoke coming out of his mouth as his eyes faded from red to the blackness of nothing. <laughs> Very descriptive. <laughs> his body was labeled in the Autobot mausoleum, but then was blown up, leaving his body with no way to return, right? <laughs> wow. For the movie, he placed Chip Chase's brain into Prowl, the Prowl's body in Binotech, but time travel <laughs> retconned that and maybe his own future demise. I'm sorry, I'm pausing because that whole thing sounds weird. Oh, yeah, it makes no sense. Apparently, one of the spinoffs is retconned as if it never happened. Does, does Chip Chase die? Uh, who knows? Maybe when we get to his character spotlight, we'll find out. All right. <laughs> this is because he appears again as if nothing happened and is one of the five Autobots, along with Willjack and Trailbreak, to combine into the new combiner, Skyrain. Restored Cybertron, fought a revived Unicron, fought a returned Galvatron, and had a new Decepticon named Moonheart remove their combined powers. Then Ratchet went to an alternate Earth, 
which we will skip. <laughs> Ratchet apparently can become part of any combiner and also now has a healing beam, which has been used in all the Transformer video games now, even by the non-Ratchet Transformers. So they're just like passing around like one of his body parts or something. <laughs> They've been using that in all the video games. And in the Dark of the Moon game, you had that healing beam that heals your party members. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a, a thing in the games. But I guess it makes sense. It has to be some kind of like healing mechanic. Oh, he also tried to revive Optimus again since he had died for the fourth time at this point in his life. <laughs> Gotta make sure we don't leave that, mm, that point out. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of odd that every time a plot point like this happens, Japan has always written something around it, like in a manga or in a toy description. But in this one, nothing. No explanation for why he's alive after being shot by Megatron point blank in the opening of the movie. Are there any other uh, Autobots that died during that, that scene or or just the beginning of the movie? Oh, that... oh, Ironhide, I think. Did they come up with a way? Or I think he also randomly appears without explanation as to why he's alive. Those are the only two, though, so far. But in the Japanese manga, there were reasons why they came up with a reason why they came back. Yeah, like they made the whole thing about how Wheeljack comes back or Ravage or more Unicron or even how random stuff connects to Beast Wars. But then they just, but then it's like, well, this guy's alive. Eh, deal with it. <laughs> now I'm just wondering, like, do they not like Ratchet? And are there, now I'm just thinking about like fear of popularity with those characters in Japan. Well, maybe the designs or the character was popular, but they just released him without thinking or caring about continuity just because <laughs> they wanted to bring him out again. That's assuming that what they released actually follows the G1 continuity because, you know, it jumps around all over the place. Just no one cares about Ratchet enough. No one cares about the healer. Whatever, white mage. (laughs) So here's the thing that's funny. I remember reading the comic books, and in the first issues, Ratchet is the only survivor. The Autobots and Decepticons have had a giant war, and they're all injured. And then Shockwave just comes down and shoots them all, takes over from Megatron, and locks up all the Autobots, and Ratchet's the only one that escapes. And the whole next two issues is him teaming up with Megatron to overthrow Shockwave, and him making, like, a pact with Megatron to try to restore things back to what they were. Wait, which comic is this? This is the original Marvel comics from the 80s. Yeah, I just, I don't remember that. Yeah, in fact, they even bring that back when Transformers Resurrection happens. Was it Resurrection? I don't know. There was 20 issues of a comic book that came out a few years ago that continued the original Marvel comic books. And they actually used that as a plot point to say some part of his, oh my god, of Ratchet and Megatron were still connected somehow because of something that happened to them during that storyline. Wow. Or did they get, they merged in a portal? Maybe that was a different storyline? Oh my god, now I'm, uh, too many Transformers, my brain's on overload. It's all good. It's a lot. (laughs) The comics are just its own continuity of strangeness. Like the episode where it's just a human who has Megatron as a gun, and Megatron can't transform, so the human just uses him to rob banks. And that's an entire episode when you thought you were going to read about giant robot action. But, you know, sometimes you need to have some bad stories so you can appreciate the good ones. (laughs) Do you actually believe that, Sammy? Yes! (laughs) Okay. Uh... Thomas, you got anything else about the wonderful Ratchet? Uh, no, I'm good. I don't really care about this version of Rad- Ratchet. I mean, like, I know he's there all the time, but I don't 
feel like he has that much personality in the cartoon. Agreed. Like, I only really pay attention to him in Prime. Like, I like him in animated, but he's, he's okay. Like, I just I prefer Prime Ratchet. Yeah, with the smaller cast in Prime, it, it seems like there's more opportunity to, to explore the dynamic with him among the other Autobots that isn't just like, hey, I made this new thing. Hey, let me fix you up. Like, with this, with this G1 stuff, they don't really use him in interesting ways. I was going to say, well, they had to spend a whole episode on Grimlock, so they didn't have much time for anyone else this time. Yeah. Maybe Ratchet will one day get his own episode. Well, we still got, what, 60-some episodes? So. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. When we're done with the episode, Andy, we have a character spotlight. We have two today where we go over their original figure quote and biography and then their fate after the movie. And we're actually going after Sideswipe and Sunstreaker today because they are twins. Andy, would you like to read Sideswipe's character information? Sideswipe is a red Lamborghini with a missile on his shoulder and sometimes a jetpack on his back. His packaging quote is, I don't break rules. I just bend them. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) That that pause. (laughs) (laughs) Sideswipe is nearly the equal of his twin brother, Sunstreaker, in the combat arts, but less cold-blooded. Relishes in a fight to finish with an opponent. Uses underhanded tactics when absolutely necessary. Arms act as powerful pile drivers. Flies for up to two minutes with his rocket backpack. Fires flares visible for 18 miles. Rash actions often lead to injuries to himself. Takes them all in stride. Have you seen Transformers enough to think this matches his actual animation character as opposed uh, to the figure biography? Not particularly. It's been a while. Like I'm, I'm remembering back to the first three episodes where him and Sunstreaker like get attacked by Laserbeak and they would be kind of like riffing off each other. It's like this was a new paint job, you know. And yeah. and then uh, was it Sideswipe was like, yeah, just make left turns, you know. <laughs> Suddenly from not New Jersey. Never mind. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't think he ever uses underhanded tactics like this, but otherwise... Yeah. The rocket pack is spot on because he was like, you want my rocket pack prom? He's like, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> so what is his fate after the movie? A storyboard scene from the movie had Sideswipe and all the Autobots with missile shoulder cannons fired Devastator to ward him away. He does not appear in the actual movie. However, the headmasters made their own flashback of this battle and Optimus dying since the movie was not released yet. And they had Sideswipe present in the battle. He then appeared in the present too to fight the Decepticons. His only canon appearances after the movie are e-hobby comics packaged with exclusive figures, including one where he, he reconfigures body into a GoBot body to increase his speed and then later returns to his original form. So this so, now has to be your favorite robot. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> he turned into a gobot. He betrayed his own brand. Listen, listen, his own race. Listen, if, if, listen. If he has to go out, he goes out with a bang or a, a really pathetic whimper. You know, whatever. Yeah, real pathetic whimper. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird because this is why. Yeah, I don't understand why he was in that devastation game. Like, because I didn't remember him when that game came out. I was like, who is this? I remembered everyone else but him. And like it wasn't until I started doing this podcast and watching the episodes again that I remember he existed. I, I mean, I, I've always appreciated Sideswipe's design. I really like his original toy. He has a very handsome face. 
I think it's because Michael Bell did the voice and he was still around, you know, and and he he did a couple other voices, like including some Constructicons. But but it surprised me that Jazz wasn't in it. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, Scatman uh, Crothers has passed, but like I'm sure they could have found a sound alike or you know somebody else doing it. Is it that just surprised me that Sideswipe was in it and not Jazz? So I got some fun facts here for you. My favorite is the uh, the quote from the TF Wiki site says he continued serving the Autobots into the year 2011, where he was stationed on both Athenia and Earth simultaneously, but nobody noticed. <laughs> oh, because in the Headmaster's cartoon, he's actually animated in both locations, as if each section was done by a different animator. Oh wow! So uh, Thomas, you want to start with the fun facts? No one knew how to draw Sideswipe's arms in the cartoon. It was either one, jack piston hands, two, flat piston hands, <laughs> three, two piston hands, or four, drill hands, or five, holding an actual drill <laughs> in his hands. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. This inconsistency is because Sideswipe never had a, never had a model sheet for the animator's reference. That's funny. That is funny. In Japan, his name is Lambor, either because he's a Lamborghini or because Lambor is a pun for reckless, violent, or rough. His original figure came with a rocket launcher you could mount on his shoulder that would shoot a small projectile. In Cantonese, his name is Swipe. In Russia and Ukraine, his name is Apricot and Krutobi. I love the name Apricot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those translate to Uppercut and Tough Puncher. Tough Puncher. <laughs> Yeah, all these names for the Sunstreaker and Sideswipe are hilarious, what they are in other countries. In Hungary, his name translates as Striker. Italian translates as Arrow. In China, his name translates into Horizontal Cannon. That feels, I feel like that should be the name for Megatron. <laughs> yeah. In France and Canada, his name essentially translates as Bro. Bro? <laughs> yeah, I like the Brobot. <laughs> Yeah. Sammy, you want to read the rest? In the toy line with official car brands, Alternator's Sideswipe is a Dodge Viper. His body was originally for tracks, but because Chevrolet eventually allowed them to use their designs, he was changed to Sideswipe very later on, even though many features resemble Trax's original figures. Ho ho. Sideswipe was changed from one word to two, and then later back to one word. This is because in the 90s, another toy company held the rights to single word Sideswipe, but despite this, Hasbro still released the Generation 2 figure with the single word anyway. In 2003 to 2007, his name split between both depending on the figure, and in 2008, Hasbro finally refilled for the Sideswipe name and obtained it, and Sideswipe became a single word character again. Then, in 2012, Hasbro filed a double word Sideswipe just because... <laughs> And I couldn't find that they actually obtained the copyright for that. I only found out that they filed for it, not that they actually obtained it. It's also just a mess. Like, yeah, I know. For a space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted you guys to look up Q Transformers Sideswipe and Jazz because they actually, you know, the, the same company that makes the little boxy Rodimus that we have because those actually look kind of cool. I'm looking it up now. Just not Sunstreaker. Oh, He's, yeah. pretty terrible. Yeah, they're, they're okay. Jazz definitely looks better of the two. Yeah, and it's weird how my interest in Transformers figures is mainly just the smaller ones, not like the big ones that everybody usually wants, unless it's Cyclonus, maybe. The so. small ones are cute, too. Mm -hmm. I, think I, I have so. tracks in this one. This, this version. 
Of course, yeah, I have you the do. Rodimus, and we've seen a few others that look awful and look good throughout the episode. This is Jazz figure. Why does he have a weird smile on his face? <laughs> it's funny. What do you guys think of Sideswipe? Uh, the rest of you, and he, does he actually stand out in the series? No. <laughs> Thomas. No. I think the only reason I remember him is because he's Sunstreaker's twin brother. Because Sunstreaker at least has a though awful personality quirk that lets you remember him. He also has like an entire episode to himself too. I think in season two. And our spotlight is Skyfire slash Jetfire. Can I please read the things? Yes, <laughs> you yeah. can read it. All right. So, uh, Jetfire's quote. Among mysteries of science lies the keys to victory. Ah, Jetfire description. Swift is Autobot, daring in battle. Believes victory will come via technological advancement. Adds twin scramjet modules and liquid hydrogen fuel tanks to escape Earth's gravity. Flies halfway around the world in 30 minutes. Carries four particle beam cannons and heat-seeking photon missiles. Prone to mechanical failures due to advanced technology. What? Because <laughs> no how one knows do you how have... to repair it. Oh, but if it's advanced technology, it shouldn't break as often. It should be perfected. Maybe he came from the future. No one knows how to prepare him. But he should never break in the first place. (laughs) Also, like, uh, uh, cool. I'm glad that he can fly around the world in half an hour or half the world in half an hour. It's funny. They say nothing about him being a scientist in his description. Technological advancements. No, he is a technological advancement. No, he says believes victory will come via technological advancement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I and I mean, and, and his quote kind of just kind of signifies that, yeah, he really cares yeah. about, like, you know, the science, science. route, the victory. Do you guys want to learn about the history of the name change and why the Jetfire, the Skyfire figure looks nothing like the Skyfire animation? All right, I mean, Thomas, I, you want to read it? Yes. All right, start at this bottom paragraph, and then go to the next page and read the whole other paragraph. Name-changing BS. Skyfire or Jetfire was originally a toy called Super Valkyrie Fighter from the anime Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, a non-Takara company. That kind of makes sense. He does kind of have that weird, like, blocky look. Well, you haven't actually seen the image of the real Jetfire for the figure or from that animation. Bandai America just took other toys to use in the series without considering the Japanese market. He was never sold in Japan since he already existed as a Macross figure from another company. In the G1 Bible, it states that Skyfire was now Jetfire due to undefined legal reasons. <laughs> if that was true, why did they not care about Shockwave? Was it because he was from South Korea, uh, thus not sold in Japan? But Hasbro did later acquire the Shockwave trademark and design in both America and Japan. Also, this assumes Skyfire's episodes were already being made. So they couldn't substitute him as another figure in the series or redo any of the episode at that point. Since the America series Robotech included Macross as part of the show and included Jetfire's original design. However, due to Hasbro already having a license to one of the figures from that show, it was the only Robotech toy to not be sold in America. Thus kids would see a Transformer called Jetfire that looked exactly like the large robot Valkyrie on the Robotech show. It's all a giant mess. <laughs> oh, I found that last part so hilarious. I'm like, hey, it's from Robotech. No, this is a Transformer, kid. Uh, so Was that the first, is he like the first one where it's like, this is the first time it kind of like shows that these legal things are throwing a wrench in the operation with all these different I think Transformers it, coming in. Like, you know how I told you about the guys that were humans 
So they took the humans out and gave sticker faces, so they look ridiculous. But that seemed like it was easy to take care of, pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. This one seems... This was a whole mess because then a different American company got the license for that anime to come over here, and so they couldn't have the toy because the toy image was already. Uh, and they're taking it from an anime that was a mishmash itself of three other anime, <laughs> yeah. which is a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> so his original name was supposed to be Fireball. Uh, Why? But you guys want to know the funniest mistake in Europe? Optimus Prime wasn't in the first toy line. So since Skyfire slash Jetfire was the largest toy of the Autobots, they assumed he was the Autobot leader in their first commercials. Oh. And Optimus Prime's name in the comic books was called Jetfire. So you have Optimus Prime, and everybody's calling him Jetfire, who looks nothing like the Jetfire figure. And they later had to change his name a few issues later and in the reprints when they made graphic novels. Did that comic come out before the show aired over there? I don't... I don't know. I assume that the comic came out the same month as the cartoon. Yeah, it just seems odd that they would have Optimus come as part of the second toy line, but have the show at the same time where Optimus is clearly here. There was clearly some miscommunication happening. Here's the worst thing, though. 2014 was the first time America ever saw a Skyfire figure that looked exactly like the cartoon. Wow. Yup. I guess he's not really a popular figure. But they had to call him Jetfire because (laughs) the Skyfire name is now trademarked to Mattel. Thus, when the Autobot Skyfire was on the Energon cartoon, they realized at the last minute that it was owned by Mattel, so they changed his name to Skyblast, just how Shockwave's name was changed to Shockblast in that exact same series for the exact same reason. So I guess whenever you have a name change go wrong, you just add Blast to the end of it. <laughs> Makes what sense. cartoon was that? Uh, Transformers Energon. Alright, taking that right off the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, like, I mean, it's part of the, the Energon Cybertron Armada thing, so, like, it's it's worth a shot. There's a lot of Starscream. <laughs> I know there's one more Transformer that was also a non-Takar product, but I don't think he, he's not in the first season. I don't even know if he's in the second season, or he was just a figure only. That was the Whirl character. <laughs> Who wants to read his fate after the movie, Sammy? I'll do it, because I love him. So there is no mention of him in the movie. Appears in season three and was last seen getting shot down. Dang it. Uh, He later changed his name to Jetfire for no reason. Okay, was to symbolize he was changing to more of a warrior. In actuality, it was so the Japanese would know Jetfire and Skyfire were the same person since Skyfire never had a figure there, and Jetfire always looked different from Skyfire. He had a cameo in the Japanese Headmasters cartoon. He helped Wheeljack and Perceptor uncover new powers of the Matrix to make Optimus Prime a more powerful body. He also had a time-traveling adventure in the future with the 15 Go-Go Girls, the prelude to Kiss Players. He's also in the future Beast Wars American comics stated he died in combat before they made peace. I.E. killed off screen. But those are the American... That was the American... I can't remember if it's Dreamwave or IDW, but no one really cared about those Beast Wars comics, I don't think. That's true. Alright, you know what? We're on. So what do you think is a better name? Skyfire or Jetfire? I thought you were going to ask me I thought we were signing off. I, say, <laughs> I know. I thought Sky, we... Skyfire is a good name. I like Skyfire better. Skyfire, mm-hmm. Skyfire is what I call him forever. I, don't, I usually don't call him Jetfire. Like, Skyfire is where it's at. <laughs> Okay, Sammy, you really needed to read Sunstreaker, so go ahead. Yeah, he's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sunstreaker is the yellow Lamborghini, also with a rocket pack. He shoots his arms at people, apparently. <laughs> the entire oh. arm. Packaging quote is, they can't beat the best. Packaging biography. The complete egotist, Sunstreaker thinks he's the most beautiful thing on Earth. Loves his sleek styling, contemptuous of other Autobot race cars, particularly his twin sideswipe. Fires laser-guided ground-to-air rockets and high-energy electron pulses at 300 bursts per second. Tough polymer steel skin, resists artillery. Not really a team player. Can be baited into dangerous situations, but is very calm, competent, and a ruthless war warrior. I mean... Yeah, I, thought, I thought that was a weird way to word it. Ruthless war warrior. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of... Kind of right? Yeah, I mean, all this is pretty accurate, except that he can resist artillery with his body, because I don't yeah. think anyone has that ability in the Transformers. <laughs> I mean, it'd be very useful, but... It's just like, oh no, something's coming, and they just pick up Sunstreaker and use him as a shield, you know? <laughs> I mean, that should be a comic. Uh... <laughs> so the fate after the movie. During the movie, Sunstreaker was at Autobot City and was hit by Hot Rod before the attack, yet was somehow also on Moonbase 1 and later flew with Optimus to Autobot City, where he already was. Uh, <laughs> however, he does not appear anywhere else once the ship has landed. As a sideswipe, he was present in the flashback battles and Headmasters, but he was also shown in the present battle too. He later combined with Optimus Prime into the combiner Optimus Maximus to fight Mega Empress. He then traveled to Hawaii for some beach fun. Not much else afterward, either. I mean, look, once you go to Hawaii, you're retired. You're done. You're done saving humans. Like, he's just out to relax. He doesn't do too much, either. The last three we've gone over have not had these really long, lengthy backstories, except for that combiner part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Andy, do you want to read some Sunstreaker's sun, uh, fun, sun facts? Fun facts. Sun facts. No, they're sun facts now. <laughs> fun in the sun facts. Sunstreaker's sun facts. <laughs> oh, vitamin D and you know in the original bible his name was supposed to be spin out in france this translates to solo hebrew hungary and portuguese translates to sun scanner sun flasher and sunbeam russian ukrainian translates to twinkler and ray italian translates to lynx i love twinkler <laughs> i love how the last one has nothing to do with anything else <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat I, it might be due to his like his ears i don't know the lynx have like that kind of thing going on oh. That's true, I'm true. stretching, but I guess it's a stretch. Anyways, uh, the original Diaclone Sideswipe toy in Japan was not red, but yellow, red or police version. His brother Sunstreak was also only red or in, or police. <laughs> Sunstreaker was colored yellow for the American cartoon and American toys. Well, America does like yellow. Humblebee. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he is the second all yellow vehicle. Hmm. Sunstreaker's original toy shot hands as projectiles. Sunstreaker is considered one of the hardest toys to find, complete and unbroken. And Hasbro states the original mode is either lost or too destroyed, so he does not look the same in the Classics line. Huh, it, might, it might be an error. I don't know if he was actually released in the Classics line. I forgot to leave a note to myself to research that. I don't think he was. Are we talking about like the re-release toys? Or are we talking? Yeah, about... like there was a where they re-released them to look exactly like. Yeah. The old ones. I have Rodimus in that set, except for like using lead paint. I mean, they all look exactly like the same, except for so like they use the same molds. But I yeah. know some of the molds were lost or destroyed, and they couldn't actually do that for a lot of them. Oh, I know they did sideswipe. A buddy of mine had him, but yeah, yeah. Sunstreaker was one of those like Diaclone toys that was never re-released. Thomas, this quote is for you. Read the next one. 
a Masterpiece 2017 figure of Sunstreaker comes with an alien head, which is a disguise he used in one of the cartoon episodes, <laughs> and also comes with everyone's favorite human chip. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I, you have an alien-headed transformer and then they just decide to throw in here's a chip like a bonus figure just yeah, chip he's, it's with this random alien head ever one. made was 2017 that's it with this figure oh. oh my god that's that's funny well i have one question are the chip molds still intact are we can we reproduce more of those they didn't make them until 2017 <laughs> the humans never had figures you couldn't go buy a spark plug figure i mean you don't need them he mm-hmm. just had a he-man body <laughs> it's a Japanese magazine stated that the Red Alert and Sideswipe were brothers, most likely because they shared the same mold, and because Japan didn't get a Sunstreaker toy during this time period. The Japanese dub kept the English Sunstreaker and Sideswipe brothers' words and actions, but never actually inserted language stating Red Alert was their brother. But despite this, most people and future writers usually put all three characters as brothers or triplets. Oh, that's cute. In Europe, Sunstreaker was accidentally sold with Sideswipe's packaging, stickers, and instructions. Whoops. Hasbro stated that Sunstreaker was the first transforming toy that changes from a robot to a full car and back again. This was created in 1983 by Kojin Ono for the Diaclone line. He was based on design of 1978 Microman toy that could only half transform. The Sunstreaker figure would also come to America in the original red design as Diacron DK-1 before being removed from the shelves to be resold and rebranded as a Transformer. Man, I'm wondering how much that original Sunstreaker is then. Or a Diacron. Wait, I'm enjoying that apparently the Diacron box says robot slash car of the future. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so it's funny because I don't really remember Sunstreaker too much from the cartoon. I do remember him being present in the children's book I had like talking about himself he was kind of like uh the way in transformers prime the decepticon what's his name oh my god my brain is, is gone now sun the red guy in yeah Transformers prime that it wasn't Sunstreak. So oh. the um the egotistical guy who doesn't like getting his finish cut up in uh, Transformers yeah. prime sammy Not- come on Knockout? Did you knockout, forget yes. Knockout? Oh, yes, Knockout, sorry. yes. The best Transformers? <laughs> it's the end of the day, Excuse come on. Excuse me? No! But yeah. No! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, when I first watched that, I was just like, this kind of like Sunstreaker's character a little bit. But one thing I think is hilarious is Sideswipe is actually a main character in the Transformers Robots in Disguise show with Bumblebee and Longarm. And there's actually an episode where he gets a dual personality that becomes like Sunstreaker and is really egotistical for an episode. And I found that one pretty hilarious, like a callback to these things. But Andy, one of the funniest thing about Sunstreaker, there's a book we reviewed where he's just fawning over himself in a pool of water (laughs) because he thinks he just looks so great. And that gives Devastator enough time to sneak up on him and trash him and capture him for Megatron. As you do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was pretty funny. Is that the one where he's like in jail? They put him in jail? Yeah. With his gun and he just starts shooting at them. <laughs> <laughs> so does anybody actually remember Sin Streaker from the original show? I do remember him complaining a lot, like in that one episode we watched a while ago, 
he's just constantly complaining about water damaging his finish and all that stuff, and it gets kind of annoying. <laughs> That's all I remember. About I mean, it. I like those types of characters, so oops. Yeah. I mean, I like Knockout too, but in this one, he seems more whiny. In uh, Sunstreaker, seems really whiny in this uh, in G one at least, at least in season one. Two, he gets better. In the original pilot, he seemed more action oriented, probably because they didn't know his personality yet. So, any final thoughts here on Sunstreaker or Sideswipe? No, good boys. What bros? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you're going to go find that GoBot body of Sideswipe now, aren't you? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> please do not use the word insert name streaker after your name that will sound very weird (laughs) so this is sean swipe signing off i guess so uh son sammy (laughs) thomas out um i'm still thinking i'm still thinking about knockout over here sorry yes (laughs) and andy you can sign out as well bye Character Spotlight. Since we've gone through every Transformer on the Autobot and Decepticon side, except for one Autobot, for a future episode for Thomas exclusively, are going to do Teletran 1 as the Character Spotlight, the computer that's always being used by the Autobots aboard the Ark. So that's, back in... uh, that's um, <laughs> I guess I probably would have used Teletran 1 for the next episode because I have some questions. <laughs> when did Teletran 1 get a name? Oh. Like, when did we start calling him that? They do that since the very first episode, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't notice. For some reason, it just stood out to me in these episodes. He has no quote or description because he has no action figure from the 80s. But basically, Teletran 1 is the non-sentient computer on board the Ark which monitors all known Earth television, radio waves, and telephone lines for evidence of Decepticon activity. Why the Autobots need to even go on patrol because of him is a mystery. Basically, in the beginning of the three-parter, Teletran 1 was damaged, couldn't discern friend from foe, so when the Ark reawakened along with the Teletran 1 computer, it repaired all Autobots and Decepticons equally. Does anyone want to read the fate of Teletran 1 after the movie? All right. Teletran 1's fate after the movie. After the movie, the season three five-parter has Trypticon go back to Earth where the Autobots were still using the Ark as a secondary base. Trypticon destroys the Ark, the entire volcano, (laughs) and Teletron 1. Wow. And Hitmaster's Teletron 1 was either rebuilt from that explosion or a new computer was created based on the original Teletran 1 design and is used on the Autobot base on planet Athenia. Since it was only mentioned once in the entire series, it's possible this was a writer's error. (laughs) That's wild. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Teletran 1 is dead. Because I don't... like If it's only mentioned once throughout a whole series, I don't really buy that being Teletran 1. Though Teletran 2 is in an Autobot city... It is assumed to be a separate program. Teletran 2 is used in Season 3. It was originally voiced by Casey Kasem, and he had already recorded lines for it. When he left the show... Oh, I guess when he left the show. And the lines were re-recorded by somebody else. Because he left the show because of the really racist episode that was coming up that he disagreed with. Hmm. So, I guess Teletran 2 
Well, I guess that answers the original question that Teletron 1 was dead dead, and it probably was a writer's error, since I guess apparently there is a Teletran 2. Do they, yeah, cause that's used do in they call it three. Teletran 2? Like, are there lines voiced? Yeah, they call the... it Teletran 2 when they, in Autobot City when they're on Earth, because I know in Season 3 they're on Cybertron a lot, but Teletran 2 is used on Autobot City. But now I got something. Charlie, do you want to try to read the next... Uh... Two paragraphs without cringing. Oh, sure. Without yeah, I, I've fallen okay. ill. I'm not going to be able to make it through myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Before the movie, i.e. Kiss Players, <laughs> there was a Teletran 10 and a Teletran 15, both of which were in humanoid robots' bodies of girls. Oh, great. Of course, that kept in contact with Teletron 1 to be living extensions of Teletron 1. What their tasks are is not really clear. Strangely, um, Teletron 10 exists to repair other Teletrans and is always angry. And Teletron 15 was created to monitor satellite computer, even though she is one... And is shy and clumsy. Oh, even though she is one. She is she is a satellite computer? <laughs> is that what it's saying? I don't know. It said that she monitors the computers and the satellite computers. It's like, well, why? She that's what can't you just have Teletran One auto do that? Like, or is Teletran one out of memory? So that's why you created this <laughs> Teletran fifteen. <laughs> you scanned all the TV and radio waves and ran out of space. And then ran out of space, so then they had to make another so one they, for satellites. They had to make these uh daughter boards, like daughter uh computer uh, banks extensions yeah annoyed robot bodies of girls lovely yeah. <laughs> kiss players oh god oh the next one is just the lore so it's not any more kiss players if you want to read that i see one more kiss players at the bottom i don't know what that's gonna be oh okay well it's but yeah <laughs> it's it's okay it's nothing bad um let's see the original script of the series listed Teletran 1 is a female computer. It seems not everyone got the changes because in the Transformers comic, the face on the computer screen is a golden female face with green eyes. It's called the Art Computer, though it is called Auntie once by accident, Ugh. which is the original name the computer was to be called until it was decided to call the computer name the same as the ship. Yeah, and like they How do you made, accident and it doesn't make sense because I auntie. thought I actually thought they called it Auntie in the comics because I read Regeneration, which was twenty issues five to ten years ago. They re made a sequel to the original Marvel comics, and they actually called the computer Auntie. So I thought that was what they had called it in the past, but no, I look it up and they only called it that once, but decided to use it as canon. And and I'm just like, sure, okay. Call it Auntie. <laughs> well, I guess it's very Japanese, right? <laughs> if there's a hot older woman who's like, you know, your computer, and she's your auntie, I guess. Like, well, what's funny is in the, the Kiss Players book, there's an extra sketch of a floating, glowing female head, which looks like it was an unused idea of making Teletran 1 have its own humanoid form to interact with the other Teletran girls. But yeah, uh, what's weird is there is a paper figure of Teletran 1 in a playset who came into existence in 2014 
It's a paper playset included with Dinobots 4-pack. And the first Teletron 1 action figure came out this year, the year 2021. And it's called the Autobot Arc, and it's basically the entire arc of the Transformers, and it can transform into a large Transformer robot, and it can also transform into a large supercomputer that is Teletran 1. And it comes with both golden discs from the Beast Wars uh, storylines, the Sky Spy drone used in early Season 1 episodes, and also comes with, like, fire attachments for his guns and a mini Optimus Prime to ride inside of him. <laughs> hey, that's a yeah, lot of different boy, features. It's actually pretty fun looking. <laughs> it's not so bad. It seems like it's missing a key feature. Is there some kind of, like, battle damage or sections that just blow up? Because that's something that always happens to Teletran 1. That thing is always getting shot up. Yeah, or Optimus or punch. punches it like he does in the yeah. next episode. <laughs> Just, just punch the console and just, yeah. Well, think of um, Batman's computer system too. That thing gets takes a lot of damage. Yep, yeah, yep. And and Whether now the spraying gas on it or yeah. And the figure <laughs> makes sense too because now that I've seen the the Netflix series, but I'll try not to make any more spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, Thomas. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Thomas, you want to continue the second spotlight for Trailbreaker? All right, Trailbreaker. He is black. Is that why you want to see this song? So what? You, why did you stop there? <laughs> like he, I did that off the first. I, yeah, he doesn't I, actually. I, saw that. I looked ahead. And I was like, I'm going to make this awkward. <laughs> so, um. He actually doesn't have a secondary color. He's only got one color. It's really weird. So he's just shade of black? It's just... Yeah, I think he's might got, like, his different color eyes or, like, something on his chest. But, yeah, he's mainly completely black. So I guess when I continue on the read, it's going to say something about him having stealth powers and not just him being able to transform into a, a camper truck. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> well, you saw him in this episode. What did he use? All right. Uh, he is black and transforms into a camper truck. Uh, his quote is, an Autobot is as good as the fuel in his tank. Oh, my God. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> it's... Tank. <laughs> his description, Trailbreaker makes light of any situation, no matter how serious practical joker and cheerleader but considers himself a liability to Autobot since he consumes the most fuel alright I'll just keep reading <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me lacks self esteem and often asks to be left behind projects nearly impenetrable invisible fills forward sorry <laughs> projects nearly impenetrable invisible force field can jam radio transmissions very slow Often mopes about his handicaps, but his bravery and defensive prowess is unquestioned. I don't get that lack of self-esteem in any of the episodes we've seen him in, like when he was on Cybertron. Yeah, but then also the last line is his bravery and defense prowess. You need a little bit of self-esteem to do the bravery thing to kind of get yourself out there. Am I interpreting this wrong? No, this sounds like they're just mashing up just random characteristics nothing nothing it seems like 
it goes together or even goes what what Trailbreaker has been shown to be. So you want to read some fun facts about him too? So he uses more oil than all the Autobots. Well, I guess they do use oil. I was going to say, yeah. They, use they don't energon. run on Energon. <laughs> and because he uses more oil, his name was going to be Guzzle. <laughs> Guzzle ended up being another Autobot much later down the line for the comics, but he never appeared in the original cartoon. He had three different colors for his first figure, black, blue, or yellow. Black was, of course, the official one used for the Transformers cartoon and comics. The blue version was sold in the U.S. as Diacron DK3 in 1983 before he was engulfed into the Transformers brand. He had six failed attempts at a figure for him that were either turned into another Autobot, despite one looking kind of like him, or canceled altogether. That's hysterical. (laughs) How do you fail that much at being a toy? And then, uh, of course, there's his fate after the movie. Somehow, he managed to pull together enough fuel to survive the movie, only to succumb to the cosmic rust. (laughs) He should have received a Binotech body, but it was stolen for Decepticon to use. You would think this would mean he died, but no, he appeared again, magically cured, to then become the combiner known as Skyrain with Willjack. Then he went into an alternate reality, and that's when I stopped caring. <laughs> Sorry, there was way too much backstory in this alternate reality. Sorry, go ahead. It sounds like that's when Sean stopped caring, so. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, continue reading. Later back in the maybe, but not quite the same continuity, he joined Optimus' new military, and after a massive battle, he left in the Ark to search for new Energon, and hopefully didn't run into two asteroids colliding at the same time. I have a lot of questions. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll read it. I'll do it. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Character quote, never do what your enemy expects you to do. That's reasonable. (laughs) In his description, Wooljack is the mad scientist of the Autobots, always inventing new weapons and gadgets. Most adept at driving while in car mode, likes to show off his stunts. Flying range of 800 miles using solid fuel rockets in his arms. Shoots magnetic inducer, shrapnel needle, and gyro inhibitor shells from his shoulder cannons. He is his own worst enemy, often injured while experimenting with new weapons. (laughs) accurate i have a question yeah most adept at driving while in car mode is there <laughs> another way that you drive <laughs> uh, just wondering that's funny do, do they drive standing up do they get into a larger car well, i guess if somebody's like piloting skyfire like but then they pilot themselves <laughs> i guess they have ships i guess but that's not driving that's piloting anyways yeah. I'm bothered by that <laughs> I thought it was funny that mentions he can fly, because they do have him fly in the episode. I don't know if they were only certain Autobots could fly at this point, or they just slowly realized it over time, and they just didn't really get to it till season two. It felt like this contradicted the cartoon version, because it says he, he makes weapons, but I wonder if he is his own worst enemy. Is because he makes weapons or inventions that the Decepticons steal and use against them? Because <laughs> that does happen in one episode, I remember. 
But and I'm like, is he the random scientist in every Ninja Turtle episode that Shredder steals from? So now they don't have to worry about inventing some random scientist. It will always just be him. I mean, that makes sense because I feel like they're even just eight episodes in. There's a lot of episodes where Soundwave or Ravage are just right inside the the Autobots base just spying on them. All this easy access to just know that he has something valuable that needs to be stolen. <laughs> All right, hey, Sammy, do you want to read useless name changing BS? Sure. It'll be fun for you. Try to keep from laughing or... I'll uh, I'll try. So uh, in Transformers Armada, the US version had a Wheeljack that looked nothing like Wheeljack, but had the ability to teleport. Japan called him Rampage instead, one of the Predacons from G1 that looked nothing like Rampage. Even though they look like Sideswipe, Sideswipe would never actually appear in the entire trilogy. Since Wheeljack was later introduced in the sequel series, Energon, this robot that looked exactly like Wheeljack was instead named Downdrift because there was already a Wheeljack. Japan said, screw that, and just named him Wheeljack since they didn't screw up the naming in Armada in the first place. Ironically, the Downshift figure would come in dead last in a figure poll in 2014. Ten figures were voted on to be made, and Downshift received only 1% of the vote. What is happening? Yeah, I'm like, how do you screw up that much? You're like, oh crap, that wheeljack did show up. <laughs> Maybe we should have talked more with the, with the creation process. I know everyone's like, nah, nobody cares about wheeljack. It doesn't, whatever, or rampage, or sideswipe. Here's the thing. I remember when the Transformers comic book came out, the reboot from Dreamwave in 2002. I remember in the first storyline, it ended with wheeljack sacrificing himself to bring like two wires together to stop missiles or or nuclear missiles or something so he was the first character to die in the storyline and it was shown in many panels like it was supposed to actually have a lot of impact or something but then it was never followed up upon nobody mourns his loss he's never mentioned again so i'm like oh okay i guess it just happens and people get over it that was his sin for creating dinobots (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's or his his re, 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 I can't remember the right word. Is it penance? Come up and anyway, the stories lasted three years before re- being rebooted because Dreamwave was horrible and not paying any of their creators. <laughs> what was his fate after the movie? Thomas, want to read that part? His body was shown in the movie, but he must have had some life and then called for help long after the movie because he showed up in the future. In future Japanese stories. Though the movie came to Japan later in the U.S., in 2003, a figure line and story called Binotech, which chronologically takes place after the movie and the Japanese Victory series from the 90s, they actually attempted to write around this story point by stating that the time traveler Ravage showed Wiljack his own death. Ravage's plan was to help the Decepticons win future battles by making the Autobots win past battles so that during the battle against Unicron, only Autobots would mostly die so that more Decepticons would survive after the movie to win future victories. But after the actual movie, Wiljack survived to prevent his death and gain combiner powers to form Sky Rain. He could then appear non-contradictory in the Japanese Victory cartoon, the third Japanese animated series, where he was called in for his expert skills needed to repair God Jinrai, the main character from the second Japanese animated series, and Star Saber, the main character of Victory, he appeared in multiple Japanese manga and American comics taking place after the movie. He was last seen making black versions of Optimus Prime as a drone army against the Decepticons. Why is Wheeljack so complicated? <laughs> I like how they're like, how did he show up when he's dead? And the Japanese are just like, well, I have a manga idea for that. <laughs>
that was a trip. Yeah, because I've seen the ones where he shows up in, and it's just, eh, nothing happened, but somehow we're supposed to believe that in the middle, all this other crazy shit happened. Stuff, sorry. All this stuff happened, and then he just went back to his normal body and non-powerless again after all that, because he got, you know, bored or didn't like it. I don't know. But yeah, so what do you guys think of Wheeljack? Do you guys like him in the series? He's okay. I, I don't, I don't like, I'm indifferent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's yeah. just, right now, he's just whatever to me. It's just, I thought it was funny when they brought out the Transformers Devastation video game that came out, and Wheeljack yes. was one of the five playable characters. Because why? And I was like, huh, that's odd. Yeah. Because their that... options were obviously Bumblebee, Grimlock, and Optimus Prime, but then it was also Sideswipe and yep. Wheeljack. Wheeljack I can understand, because he does have fans, but Sideswipe, I'm like... Why? You know that whole cast? I wish they did more characters that you could play as. Uh, yeah, the cast selection on both sides, I think, is kind of subpar. There's only one side. Well, I just yeah. mean the villains that they have available. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh. On to our character spotlight. You guys want to uh, each grab a character? We're doing two this episode. Ho-ho. Uh, yeah, I'll do Wind Charger. Okay. So, uh... He's gray. He's got a box sticking out of his upper chest. Turns into a sports car. Pretty simple. His quote is, quick action equals quick victory. I don't remember how he sounds like at all, but that's his voice now. <laughs> I don't, he never <laughs> even really talks uh, hardly at all in the whole series. Cool. He'll just sound like this then. Um, <laughs> right. uh, so, Windcharger is the fastest Autobot over short distances because clearly he can't be faster than Blurt. He's good in situations requiring fast, decisive action. Enthusiastic but impatient. Short attention span. Casts powerful magnetic fields which can attract or repel large metal objects. Smashes them at closer distances. These abilities use up tremendous energy. Often burns himself out due to carelessness. Uh, oh. <laughs> imagine like meeting Blurt a few years from now and going, I am outdated. I, Blur is so much better than the garbage Windcharger is. That's assuming you even remember Windcharger even exists. I mean, yeah, yeah was... also true. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, there's nothing to me... Like, I, I'm i still confused as to whether or not this is his first appearance. And even after this episode, where he was featured prominently, I still don't even know what his purpose is. Like, what... What is his specialty? <laughs> Magnetic, it, basically magnets, repair or attract things. Did well, he, he didn't that? attract me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm you. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, guess guess how many pages on TF Wiki he has? Yeah, one. Even Blue Streak had two. This, this, this poor robot. Wind Charger has never shown up in any form in any of the new incarnations of the comics. The cartoons or live action movies. Uh, unless you count a minicon from Transformers Energon that was also called Windcharger, but it might have just been a coincidence because everybody already forgot about him. You mean to tell me his special power of being able to change his body color at will didn't make him stand out? He's not a fan favorite. So, oh, he was originally called Sprint uh, and possibly... The nickname of Jack Rabbit if he was there long enough for people to give him nicknames. Oh, that oh my been... god. <laughs> and he's the only Autobot to never use his powers in the three-part pilot or get his name mentioned. We didn't need him. 
Oh, yeah, he's in second place for least amount of toys at 10. Huffer has, oh. si- Huffer has six, so thank God at least he's beating Huffer. That's pathetic. But that's only checking on the character spotlights we've done so far. <laughs> so so uh, his fate after the movie, he was supposed to have died during the movie, his body placed near Wheeljack. When time-traveling Ravage showed Wheeljack his own death, he saw Windchargers 2 since his body was near him. Thus, Wheeljack built him two new bodies to choose from, but they were lost when the shuttle they were on vanished and Windcharger died anyway. A statue and memorial of him is present at the new Autobot City. Ironically, a new toy that was supposed to be Windcharger during the Alternator's line was later changed to Wheeljack, and they designed a new Wheeljack head specially for it. In the original movie script, he survived the initial Autobot City battle, but an earlier scene had Galvatron return to Autobot City before going to kill Starscream, and Cyclonus ripped Windcharger to pieces by flying through him. I assume the scene... Sorry, okay, cool. I was like... I'll interject. Sorry. I assumed the scene was to show how powerful these new Decepticons were, but then they decided they didn't need it, since having them just kill Starscream in one shot was supposed to show how powerful they all were. Could have just had, like, the Autobots die and then keep Starscream alive. We could have done that. Oh, oh, but get this. We would have missed Gears getting blown to pieces by Scourge in that scene. I'm so sad. I needed that to happen. My dream now of Gears getting completely destroyed is now uh, no longer reality. It's also in hundreds of pieces. (laughs) Eventually I'll stop making bad jokes. Did they bring over the Japanese transformer tanuki clock thing (laughs) i've got that figure (laughs) his sake turns into a gun oh my god but i thought he was a clock good yeah i think he can temporary freeze time for 30 seconds he's got the same powers as alita one from the original series wow it took me a second to say to to decipher that he said alita one and not leader one (laughs) (laughs) dropping more hints about that gobots podcast I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, Leader One is actually na- is the name of the Minicon that works with Megatron in Transformers Armada. So they stole it from GoBots. They own GoBots and all the names, so mm. it's theirs to do with what they please. <laughs> They're trying to erase Leader One? Trying to write him out yes, of existence with garbage. this other nobody? <laughs> they made him a Minicon? What? Yeah, a Minicon. <laughs> that was disrespectful. Murder him. <laughs> Murder all of the GoBots. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Gobatron. Anyways, it's Go-Batron. not part of the podcast. <laughs> Gobatron. Is that the name of their planet? Planet Gobatron. Yes. yes. <laughs> Gobatron. Oh, God. I think like we could just come up with a better name here in a few seconds. No, that. Gobatron is great. It was so good. No. Uh, what? What's wrong with just you having names so, that get straight to the point? So we're going to come up with really <laughs> bad <laughs> names to sign off on that match GoBots instead of Transformers this episode. <laughs> so instead, oh. I'm Human Sean, you know, like the way Helicopter, whatever his name is, and the GoBots is. I want to be Cy Sammy. I'm co-host Thomas. <laughs> what did you say? Cy Sammy? <laughs> yeah, so Cy Kill, or Sammy Kill sounds too... Yeah, Cy Sammy. Cy Sammy. Sci- okay, when you say Cy Sammy, it yeah. sounds like you know because of the size, because those are your weapons. Oh. You can just be Sammy Sammy... <laughs> To be like Dive Dive. <laughs> no! I what's, okay, what's the name of the GoBots leader? Leader One. The good guy? Leader One is the leader of the GoBots, of okay. the good guys, yes. Uh, and Psykill is the leader and of the Psy-Kill's bad guys? The... I think so. I don't yeah. know all the names. I just, I don't know who's who. I, go I know get, I Leader One is Leader me. One. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, no, Psykill is the Megatron of the world, of the series. And he has a really good action figure that just came out, and I'm really angry because I hate GoBots, but that Psykill figure looks amazing. How do, I'm how looking do GoBot at it. That might be the first figure I ever buy. <laughs> how do GoBot figures even look good? They always looked awful, I thought. Like, weren't they? they were no, like... they do. They do. No, this came out, like, a couple of months ago. What, is it made to be in like, the Transformers is... style instead? Essentially. Like, you actually have to work for the transformation. You don't just flip yeah. a head and a foot over and, like, look, he's a boat. <laughs> yeah no you actually have to put you have to put some effort into this uh, like there's they got like a whole full minute of transforming all i can think of now is the transformer mcdonald's things that i had i don't know if i brought these up oh on the podcast God. before i had a pancake platter that transformed into alien robot i had some french fries and a coca-cola and all of them transformed into robots as well but all you did was flip up a thing for their hands and a thing for the face and that was it yep and they were the most awesome thing. I think I have like three out of the five of them that were made for that. They are they are pretty cute. The hotcakes thing actually turned into like a bat-like creature. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah. It was like, hey, we can't get the Transformers license. Let's just make our own with our own. Oh, there was an English muffin that also transformed <laughs> into a Transformer. Pancake and muffin Transformer. An English <laughs> muffin Transformer. Unofficial you, Transformers. Transformer. We'll, make unless, we'll just make your own. Unless oh Hasbro bought the rights and incorporated into some pocket universe. Why would where... they just get the GoBots license instead of just no. making up this ridiculous stuff? <laughs> because we don't need more GoBot stuff. GoBots could have been popular too if they got pushed no. like crazy like the Transformers. Really? No, they named their character Scooter. <laughs> uh. And Dive Dive. <laughs> dive Dive is great. It's a and good spoons. name. <laughs> yeah, so now let's really sign off before Thomas starts talking about how awesome GoBots are. I will, like, this podcast will go on for another 15 minutes of me angrily shouting about Copa. <laughs> Signing off, I'm, this is Sean. Thomas. Sai Sammy. Right, and Tom Tom. <laughs> Tom Tom. <laughs> I don't think we have the rights to that, though. I can't be Tom Tom. I wish I could be Tom Tom, but <laughs> I don't, can we can't afford that just yet. <laughs> we can afford to go by. <laughs>